following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Mm. Uh, uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not giving visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Daddy, so are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. I think Jack is a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. Hold on one second here. The Jackal. Uh, we're going to have Mike Rogers here with me in a few minutes. And uh, like I promised, there's going to be an interesting hour with him. I've been having a lot of computer issues. I don't know if uh, it's something that it's going to bleed over too much into the show, but hopefully it doesn't. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes, though. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Mike is uh, on the uh, wings waiting to get on the uh, show here with me. And uh, let me see, let me turn down this audio over here. This is starting to confuse me. There we go. All right, perfect. And uh, hopefully you guys can see the screen there, the public streaming network screen. And uh, we're going to have, like I said, Mike on the show here pretty soon. Now, there's been, um, by the way, it's uh, July 25th. Sorry if I'm a little bit rushed. I uh, I started the show really late today. And uh, it, it is uh, July 25th and that's 2021 and uh if you guys uh bear with me do me a favor please hit that subscribe button on your youtube uh hit the notification button and uh you know the rest uh every uh subscriber is welcomed and loved with open arms and uh, i need you guys to understand that it is of vital importance that uh you guys uh do that for me and uh, with that said, I'm going to have, like I said, our guest on in a little bit. Mr. Mike Heston Rogers is going to be joining us. And, uh, you know, there's uh, something going on right now in ufology, which is really awkward and weird. And this is why I wanted to have him on tonight. Uh, because we're having issues with uh, certain individuals who are starting to spread rumors about uh, the 1975 incident with Travis Walton, the snowflake uh arizona incident that is known by a lot a lot uh as the fire in the sky incident now for those that are familiar in 1975 there was a crew of loggers uh that encountered what was seen as a ufo uh this crew uh, went up to what they thought was a fire in the woods. When they got there, they encountered this saucer. And uh, when they encountered the saucer, one of the members named Travis Walton got out of the truck that they were in, and he ran up to the ship that they saw floating in the sky. He got zapped by some kind of ray, got knocked out. There was a manhunt for days looking for him because he disappeared. Now, recently... Many, many years later, there's now, uh, you know, some folks that are trying to, like, debunk the, the case, which has been around longer than I've been in on this planet. 
Um, I was born in 1977. This is something that took place in 1975. So I wanted to get Mike on uh, so we could kind of like let him speak and uh, just, you know, get his point of view on the entire matter. Because I think it's really important that, you know, we understand from his point of view what exactly happened uh, on that day. So I'm going to bring him on. And um, this is not the way I normally do the show, but it's. Uh, very important to me that uh, I get this gentleman on and uh, we, uh, w- you know, we clear exactly what is that that's happening here. Uh, because this uh, is something that is concerning probably the biggest case in the world of ufology. Now, I'm not even uh, kidding when I say that. Uh, this literally is the biggest case uh, within uh, the realms of ufology. So for something like this to be discussed and uh, have people say that they're debunking it and rumor has it that uh, the person involved here is going to leak or he has supposedly leaked uh, information from Travis directly and there's all kinds of allegations going on. So without any further delay, I'm going to get right to the man I'm calling up right now live on spontaneous combustion, because he is the uh, the one that lasts a mile a minute, Mr. Mike Heston Rogers, should be uh, joining me. How you doing, sir? Are you there? I am here. All right. Now, uh, let's see if we can get you on a view screen. Uh, turn your camera back on there, brother. Oh, okay. There you there go. I am. Good man. All right. Now... Mike, by the way, I like the background. It looks very uh, Art Deco-ish of you. Okay. <laughs> you know, I love you, brother, man. I love I love having you on the show. You're like uh, one of the few people in ufology that I... And I know this is not really what you're normally in your everyday life about, but you're one of the few people that has a sense of humor that you can talk to and, like, actually uh, crack a joke and, uh, you know, nobody gets upset and... And stuff, and I always tease you about the hair, but I, I see now that you don't have a, a hat on or anything because you're trying to push it and make fun of me. That's what's going on there. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you don't have any hair. None whatsoever, and it's upsetting every time I see you with that lovely set of hair. Now, yeah, look at this. <laughs> By the way, that isn't the background. I don't, I don't know what happened. I actually have an office here, and I have. <laughs> well, see that. That what that is 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 karma. That's the cosmic universe giving you a nice clean uh, background. Okay. Uh, no, that that happens with your camera, which has, you have um, obviously a pretty good camera, uh, but your uh, Skype itself has you know built-in backgrounds. So accidentally, when we were going through the settings, you probably clicked it. Uh, when we were clicking okay. through the buttons, but it looks cool. It it looks yeah you look good, you know, it, like the saying goes I wouldn't change a thing about you. <laughs> as long as my smiling face is there. Right? That's correct. As long as we keep that nice, gentle smile for the yeah. next hour, we're, we're good. My goodness, man, let me tell you, Skype has been acting all kind of goofy. Uh, so you're having a good you know time with it with the background. Uh, it was giving me like a kick upside the head earlier, and I have no hair left, so I was like trying to pluck the uh, last ones. Uh, 
Now, it's hard to pull your hair in Let me tell you, when I get frustrated, I'm like, ah, and I want to grab the beard, but I'm like, don't do that, because then, you know, you'll look kind of weird. <laughs> People be like, why are you missing spots in your beard? You don't, you don't want to do that, because then you just, you get, you end up in a padded room somewhere in a white uh, room full of nice padding, and you get rice pudding once a day with injections and pills. <laughs> it sounds like fun, but it really isn't. Believe me, it really isn't. Now you, you had to go through that, huh? I, I, I plead the fifth, like Dr. Fauci. I'm not either confirming or denying uh, my involvement <laughs> <laughs> in such well, rooms. Well, what do you speak of? Hospital here about, about six weeks ago. Yeah, but you were for for an actual illness, not a not a mental problem like no, my no, problem. No. I, uh, <laughs> I I fell down. I, I fell off the bottom of my steps. Put it that Ouch. Way. Yeah, that hurts. I, I've, I Believe me, I'm, uh, I've been involved in that kind of situation, and it's not fun. I, yeah, yeah I'm in a, I had a car accident, you know. And in my car accident, uh, let's just say it, it went the wrong way <laughs> for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it wasn't you, huh? No, it, it most definitely wasn't me. Uh, but it, let's just, you know, let's just say that, um, somebody hit me, my car uh, got totaled, I broke my back and somehow the insurance said, no, we're not paying cause he has no insurance and well, there's no money to be made. Wow. Yeah. Well, I got, I got hit one time at an intersection, not, not very long ago, but I don't know. 12 years ago. Anyway, uh, it spun me around. Uh, it kind of whipped my head around, but I didn't get hurt. Oh, so you could do the, the whole, I whipped my hair back and forth, in a, in yeah. an, even in an accident. Well, I, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funky because I've been involved in two accidents which have not been my fault, and in both of them I'm lucky to have survived. One actually was a flip over. And my truck flipped over, and I ended up upside down for longer than normal human beings are normally supposed to be upside down. I was literally like, I had the uh, seatbelt on, so luckily I survived because of that. Uh, but I had a Montero Sport, and uh, I didn't know those suckers flipped. Apparently they do. And that's why they, they, don't, they don't make them anymore, because they were flipping a lot of them. And so... Turnover easy, huh? Yeah, it, it's no good. Uh-huh. So, in that situation, uh, what I ended up doing, Mike, um, I stayed there and I went for the light. And the light wasn't coming. And I'm upside down. I'm like, well, I know I'm going to die because I'm upside down and my arms split open. And I could see blood, you know, like shooting everywhere. And then I hear somebody saying, don't move. We're going to save you. And I'm like, oh, goody. Maybe I'll be able to feel my legs one day because I don't feel anything from the neck down. Good job, guys. I, I I almost didn't want to survive it, and then they actually started like breaking the front window because it didn't completely break. And uh, little did they know that as they were cracking that window, they were aiming the glass right at my face, and they almost blinded me completely. Because wow. I had shards of glass just like hitting me all over the face. It was pretty bad, man. I had to like start screaming like a like a little old lady, like stop, please, you're you're hurting my eyes. And I got them to stop, and uh, what they did was, which was really cool, they 
sent somebody into the back of the truck. They covered my face. Then they broke the glass. They got the jaws of life. Uh, and they had to get the jaws of life to get me out of there. My legs were numb. My, I couldn't fit anything from like here down. You can see my screen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, from yeah, like here. The side, so I kind of have to look to my left. Down. Well. My camera is directly in front of me. <laughs> I just look at the camera like, you know. <laughs> it's not pretty no matter what angle I try to pull that off, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, it, they couldn't uh, do anything better than that. And it was horrific, man. It was just a terrible uh, event to go through. But uh, luckily, I made it alive. I don't know how. Uh, but, you know, uh, we I pulled uh, a miracle, I guess, out of my butt, and I uh, made it through. So I survived it. And then the second one really is the, the one that did the most damage because it, it literally broke my back. Wow. Yeah, so, like, as I sit here uh, yapping away, I have a broken back. But that doesn't help my cause in anything because my Patreon page still only had 66 bucks. And I keep yeah. telling people, go to my Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. I'm a whore for money. Please hook me up. <laughs> well, no. I, I was walking. Uh, I, I had a problem with balance uh, because of a, a stroke, was, which was induced by lightning, actually. Ouch. Uh, 15 years ago, I spent a week in the hospital, and they sent me home to die after, you know, $42,000 worth of uh, MRIs and CAT scans and you name it. Uh, and a week in the hospital, uh, they, uh, my doctors told me later that they sent me home to die. Uh, but I didn't know that at the time. So the very next day, I decided we were going to work. And my girlfriend, Bernadette, my son, Heston, we were working together. And uh, the very next day, uh, I went to work. I, I couldn't see hardly. I, I couldn't walk. I, I had to hang on to something. Uh, and, uh, of course, Bernadette and Heston did the work. But I went to work, and I slowly climbed back, and I didn't die. And and it got slowly got better and better. And then here about mm, five years ago, I guess, I started going kind of downhill. I got where my balance, I didn't have balance, too much balance, and it got worse and worse. And then here just a few weeks ago, I the, the next, the bottom step uh, wasn't there. Uh, and I, uh, your legs gave I, out from under yeah, you, I, huh? I just, yeah. I, I just went down and I fell on my right side and hit my head and stuff. And, and I had nosebleeds for the next several days. I spent a day in the hospital, but. Not not the whole day, but most most of the day because this, I I went out at five o'clock in the morning for a walk. <laughs> wow, and, uh, which is something I was doing there for a while, but uh, I haven't done that lately. Uh, so now, uh, well, for a while I couldn't even leave the house. I mean, but uh, I do get out now, but it's uh, kind of hard. I. Because now my back hurts, my side, my right hip hurts, and my head doesn't hurt anymore. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm perfectly healthy. Yeah, other than that, everything works great, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I had some blood work here. I don't know about three weeks ago, and it, it 
it t turned out they said everything was right where it should be. There you go. I mean, that's so, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I also had a, I also had a, a drug screen, you know, a piss test at the, at the doctor's office. And, right. Uh, and so I actually put the results of that on my page. Oh, did you? <laughs> because there were people accusing me, such as Travis Walton. Oh, boy. Accusing me of, of doing illegal drugs, specifically uh, meth. And... Uh, I didn't appreciate that too well. I found out about that because he called a a podcaster by the name of Dave Miller. You might know who I'm talking about. And uh, Travis called Mill me before yeah, the show yeah. that I, I was going to be on. I was I was I was on actually with uh, Steve Pierce and Jean Gallet. Mm -hmm. Prior to that call, Travis had called and Dave recorded the call, and then he sent me a copy of the call. <laughs> oh now, no! No kidding. So now I have proof, you know, that uh, I guess you call it proof, heavy evidence that uh, Travis has been bad-mouthing me all over the place. And I suspected that before, but, you know, now I have proof. Well, you know, let's get right to it because, I mean, this is uh, what, you know, we initially were going to uh, talk about. I know there's certain things you want to say, certain things you don't want to say. Um, you know, I understand, uh, for, you know, certain reasons why that is. And, uh, you know, I fully respect that because, you know, there are certain things that, you know, might, uh, end up going to court or, you know, we never know. We never know what, you know, might happen with something like this. Uh, but from your point of view, what exactly, uh, is happening here with, uh, this thing? Because, uh, this is troubling to me as a fan of the entire, you know, case of the Travis Walton experience and, you know, being somebody who's initially, uh, you know, spoken to Travis, spoken to you. I've had both of you on my show, uh, you know, a couple of times and I, you know, I love both of you guys. Show. I was on one of your shows, which was the best show you ever had, by the way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All cause of moi. Very funny. Yes. yes. Now, you know, I love you guys. Uh, in a very heterosexual way, I got to mention yeah, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. <laughs> uh, but all private conversations aside, you know, we'll we'll get to that later. No, but seriously, uh, you know, I I know you and Travis had your, your little hiccups here and there. Uh, now, the person involved is initials are RG. I want to respect the, what we spoke about earlier, and we're going to just call him RG for now. Okay. okay. Well, you call him that. I, I don't want. I don't even want to give the initials. Yeah, and I know. I know that there's. Uh, I'm done with that. I'm yeah. Done with that guy. Now. And I'm done with his helper from Australia. I, I don't know that dude, and I don't even want to know. He's from the land down, down under. He could stay down well, under. Well, it's not. It's a miss. It's not a dude. Oh uh, well, miss dude. I mean, they could uh, stay <laughs> down under. My thing is, you. Your reputation, Travis, and his reputation, because, uh, again, this is, you know, the, to me, uh, most important case of, uh, you know, I don't want to call it alien abduction, because I don't think it was that, uh, but I think it's the most important case of uh, an experience had uh, by somebody within the realm that we call ufology, okay, with right. visitors, let's just call it whatever they are, that. Now... I've, uh, like I said, I've been a fan of this case since, you know, the movie came out. Even before that, I got the book. 
read the book, was very pissed when I found out the book was different from the movie, and then I was, the book was a whole lot, you know, more interesting than the movie itself, and the scenes that, you know, they spiced up, uh, but I always found it to be, even though the movie did that, to be an important lesson to people that were interested in the subject so they could research it further. So, it, and in a way, it did its job. You know, it, it brought people into the subject in that sense. Now, with that said, all these years later, having you and having Travis on and now going through what you guys are going through, what exactly is transpiring here with this guy? Uh, can you give us uh, at least something before, you know, we close the case on this? Uh, okay, well, give us yeah. uh, the, the down low, uh, you know, without mentioning names or getting into anything that's critical, critical, but give us the down low on what's happening. Uh, I was, uh, I, don't, I don't know who contacted who first. Let's just say I got involved with this guy. And at one point, uh, he called me. He claims I called him, but I don't remember calling him. Anyway, uh, he he apparently recorded the call, which, of course, I didn't know. I didn't know he was doing that. And later he came out and put it on YouTube and I don't know where else, but uh, let me put it this way. Anybody with a brain can, can manipulate anything digitally. digitally. Oh, definitely, so, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, back in the old days when it was like recording tape, you know, like mylar tape, you know, uh, you could you couldn't you couldn't splice something without a pop or or some evidence of it that way. Now it could it can be done flawlessly. And all I have to say about yep. that is anybody can digitally manipulate anything, uh, especially an audio recording. No, that's legit. I mean, I, I work in, remember, uh, in uh, sound engineering, and I was going to go to college for producing audio. And uh, long story why I didn't make it there, by the way. I had a very Van Wilder moment, and let's just say it didn't go well. Uh, but uh, I wanted to go to Full Sail, which is all about sound engineering. So I know exactly what you mean. I've been able to manipulate certain, uh, you know, sentences and make completely different sentences out of certain words and just me mix things around uh even on my own show sometimes i goof and say something you know that doesn't sound right and i want to splice it with another sentence and it's very easy to do that and manipulate the actual audio uh it, so if you want to just erase something and then splice it over to something else and make say uh somebody say yeah we definitely did not hoax the event and you want to turn that to we definitely hoaxed the event as an audio expert it takes me about five minutes to do that yeah. and three of that is actually just loading the program for me to go to and do that the rest yeah. is just actually sitting there with the wave and just manipulating very well, simple stuff I, I learned i learned this stuff a long time ago uh because i developed uh a way to create three-dimensional sound three okay audio Yep. With a pair, with a with that headphones or or a pair of speakers. And I did that with a soundtrack, a stereo soundtrack, and I would blow it up and elongate it and actually manipulate the individual spikes, uh, the individual little fragments of of the of the sound. 
And there's a, you know, it's very complicated, but I learned how to do it and I created that. And uh, I tried to patent it, but it turns out that half a dozen other country companies were already <laughs> working on it. They had already patented, uh, I think Sony patented side sound, what they call side sound, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, the, the this is uh been able to achieve yet is, is is frontal sound to be able to hear yeah. something like in the front yeah actually well they got surround sound but it's all behind you yeah you're right well the only way yeah. you can get it is if you play speakers right in front of you and that'll give you that kind of a quality but it still doesn't sound right no it doesn't yeah uh, i i actually could create frontal sound with speaker or with headphones like i have on here right now right yeah, with headphones, there's no way you're going to get a front uh, sound wave. It's just not going to be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, so I, I, as an engineer, I, I'm, I'm, like, geeking out because I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but getting back to uh, to what you know, we're talking about here with this uh, with this dude and his Mrs. Down Under, uh, before, she, you know, before we get too further out into technical stuff, uh, let's go back to that. So... This person is making a claim that he has you or Travis or both of you on audio talking about this? Uh, well, he's uh, uh, this uh, person from Australia. <laughs> uh, Good day, mate. What a call from this other guy, you know, <laughs> where he was talking. He had called Travis. Okay. And, and, and this Australian lady that call on my page you know and uh travis was very reluctant to say much of anything this guy did all the talking and in the end travis just got mad at him you know right and i did the same thing like maybe the same evening or somewhere very close to that he called me and uh i didn't let him talk very long i got upset with him because uh he, he was talking in circles. He he wasn't explaining. You know, he wasn't listening to me. He sounded like somebody on meth, to tell you the truth. Somebody <laughs> won't listen to you. Yeah. They they want to do all the talking. They can't even hear what you're saying. You know, I've run into those kind of people before, and that's the way this guy acted. And I, finally, I just said, "Look, uh, I'm 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 hanging up because you're you're going in circles and you're not listening to me. So goodbye." And that was it. <laughs> And out of all that, this person has now gone on the internet, and I mean the claims are like starting to spread. This is why I wanted to have you on. Unfortunately, I wasn't feeling well this past week uh, to get you on earlier on this, but because of that, now this person's gone on the internet saying you guys hoaxed the entire thing. Uh, now I know you and Travis have been having your back and forth, and you know, you know, you guys have talked about that already. Uh, and you guys supposedly last time we spoke, you had clear the air. Is everything cool with you and Travis at the moment? Not really. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, we speak to each other, we text each other, but, uh, uh, things aren't really too cool. I mean, it was for a while there. We, we appeared on, uh, we will appear on a program, the travel channel, uh, here in October, I believe. And, uh, for a while there, things were going okay, but then this this thing came up with I, uh, who makes all these claims that Travis and I are hoaxing. We didn't hoax anything. 
most I'll say about Travis concerning that is that, you know, when me and the other five guys drove away in panic, of course, uh, we didn't see what happened after that. I have, I, in other words, we did not see Travis get abducted or whatever happened to him. We didn't see it. Not right, and you've never said otherwise. I mean, this has been, you know, right. what you guys said from the beginning. That's why the story has, I think, stuck around in the consciousness because in the 40-plus years that it happened, your story hasn't changed. I mean, right. the, the only thing that might have changed a little bit here and there is Travis's awareness of, well, instead of an abduction, it could have been they took me to fix me because they might have killed oh, yeah. me by accident you know and that's yeah, just and his he's gone through that he's got a couple of theories right who, who has some weird theories about it is steve pierce yeah 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 i've, I've talked to uh, steve we bring him up every show i noticed that somehow some way he gets in on every time we do a show together <laughs> <laughs> i gotta bring him back on i haven't talked to steve in, in a while and uh, man he he's a lot of fun to talk to also yeah. well i talked to him uh here and there uh in fact uh Travis texted me three or four days ago and told me that uh, something was going on. I can't remember what it was. Uh, so I said, well, Steve uh, has a different number now. Uh, I don't know what it is. So Travis gave me the number. So I, so I talked to him. Uh, I think it was text, actually, not, not talk. And uh, I was asking him uh, certain things. And pretty soon he says, look, I got something else to do. Talk to you later. <laughs> Well, maybe he's busy with the family. You never know. I mean, and uh, August August first, I guess, uh, the weekend of that time, right there. Uh, Travis is supposed to be somewhere to a convention, uh, so there, that's coming up here pretty soon. That's cool. Yeah, it's been a while since they started having those. So, and, uh, yeah. Dave Miller, of course, yeah, a friend of mine, Dave Miller. Uh, he said Travis made sure that he's not going to be there. <laughs> well, what that you know, so mixed messages. Uh, I, I mean, does Travis even want to go to any conventions this year? I mean, considering all like the the shenanigans that have been going on behind the scenes and with people just attacking you guys. I mean, it, I haven't seen like this yeah. level of stupidity it from be, third parties. Yeah. It? yeah. Uh, I quit. I quit to go into conferences with him uh, back in. Uh, I think it was in 2001, and the reason that happened was because we were we were in uh, San Francisco. We we had a a speaking engagement, which mm -hmm. we would do. Uh, I mean, for a long time we did that. For two or three years, we were like on the circuit, you might say. Yeah, making the rounds like the uh... New York City, uh, <laughs> you name it. Pass. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, like, partying like a rock San star. Francisco, LA, you know, <laughs> I mean, all over the place. Uh, anyway, uh, at that particular time, and I can't remember the exact date, of course, but uh, uh, this lady, there's always a lady that would come and pick us up, right? <laughs> it's true, folks. It always is a lady. Uh, we, she came and picked me up. Well, Travis wasn't with me, so we waited. Now, he should have been on the same plane with me, but he wasn't there. So we waited for the next plane. There was It was a Southwest flight, and there was a flight every hour from uh, from Phoenix to, to uh, San Francisco. So uh, we waited. But Travis didn't show up on that plane either. <laughs> so, 
So she's, uh, she, of course, she was, uh, it, it was this, uh, there was a, a place where we would talk. Uh, and we would, uh, you know, I had slides that we would show and all that stuff. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I we went ahead, me and this girl went, went ahead over to the, to the uh, gig, you might call it. And I started. That's one way of putting it, yeah. wasn't there, right? So <laughs> right. this was like an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes later. Oh, wow. And people were waiting. In fact, it was a kind of a packed audience. There were people outside, you know. And uh, in fact, they actually had a, a speakers outside so people outside could hear it, right? <laughs> Did anybody at any point, Mike, yell, they got him again. That's why he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, then, then this girl got a call from Travis, and she come over to me, and I was up there on the stage, you know, <laughs> and uh, and she says Travis wants to talk to you. I said okay. I said yeah. What's up? Where are you? He says, what are you trying to do? Take over the deal? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You know, he was he was acting like I was. Uh, I can't remember the exact words, but he was acting like. I was taking over his thing, and that pissed me off pretty bad. And so, and he showed up, and he was still pissed off when he got there. I don't even know how he got there. <laughs> Maybe he got a cab. I don't know. But uh, well, if he, that, did he tell you why? Did you did he tell you what happened? That they got him there so late, though. That he run that by you, yeah. like. So I figured, you know, he could just have the show after that, as far as like speaking engagements, mm -hmm. right? And I didn't ever do another one with him. Was that uh, was that a uh, MUFON or was that one more recently, like the event? Was oh, it? No, that was like that was like in uh, it was either two thousand or two thousand one, right in there. Okay, so it wasn't like a, one of the MUFON symposiums that they put on a lot now. No, it was no, something no. else. I don't. Gotcha. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I got it you. Was a, it was an individual kind of a thing. It oh, was okay. in, in San Francisco, the San Francisco area, you know. Yeah, I got you. Well, they were very big on uh, on a couple of things in San Francisco. That's uh, a hotbed for ufology. Uh, there's uh, a lot of activity out there. Um, there's a lot of ghostly activity, but ufology activity, my goodness, the paranormal is like crazy. <laughs> and I think it has to do a lot of with all the drug abuse. Uh, people are just seeing ghosts because they're drugged up and seeing UFOs because they're drugged up. <laughs> That's a lot of drugs. That's the other thing out of San Francisco. Drugs, well, I don't do drugs. Don't, no, but I, you got to ask Nancy Pelosi, I'm telling you. I do high blood pressure medicine, not nearly what I used to. But, uh, you know... I don't do illegal drugs. And no, I know. You proved it. It's, it, it's, um, it's, you know, like... It's funny that, you know, you get accused of that and you have to, like, actually post something to say, guys, I, I'm not a druggie. You know, I'm just a happy person. Like, can't somebody just be a happy dude? <laughs> when Travis saw that, he said, that doesn't prove anything. Oh, no. Trust me. He could have used somebody else's urine. Well, what the hell is he talking about? I mean. <laughs> did, 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 was it, like, a pee test or was it, like, a blood test? I, I didn't even do it for that purpose. I, I actually took took that because uh because of falling down the stairs okay? right 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 right, right. i won't get into all the where and whys of that but that was what it was for gotcha and yeah so, yeah so travis came up with this stuff you know i mean he already had with this dave miller recording dave dave miller made but uh 
gosh. We, we, this is as funny as like the Trump PP tape from Russia that like they try to say, oh yeah, he had some hookers pee on him. I don't know if you heard about that. Uh. No, I didn't hear about that. No, you know, well, I don't watch TV. I, don't I, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. On the radio, nothing like that. That's this is why I, I love you because here on my huge screen uh, monitor computer here. <laughs> this is why I love talking to you though because I know that, that some of the stuff goes right by you. But if you want to laugh, the whole Russian uh, collusion thing that happened—I know you heard about that. They try to say he was colluding with the Russians, and. Uh, oh, yeah, when yeah when they try to impeach him and all that stuff the first time around, well that whole uh, inquiry into Trump was initiated because somebody said initially that Trump had uh, rented a room in Russia and he had Russian hookers record him uh, taking a whiz on him. Now this is this is crazy. But they yeah, went to the FBI asking for a warrant to investigate Trump over a PP tape, okay? And Dan Bongino has made a whole joke about this on the show, the PP hoax. That's what he calls it. Because based on that, they're saying, well, see, he had Russian influence. He was doing stuff in Russia with hookers and stuff. So we have to investigate him. And so they they got the uh, the steel dossier. You, you ever heard about that, the steel dossier? I'm sure that's... No. Uh, no. Well, that that was a document that, uh, that was put together by Christopher Steele. And based on that, the FBI opened the inquiry and allowed them to use FBI agents to uh, look into the Trump campaign and to spy on the person running for president. This happened during Obama, okay? They used that as a means to investigate Trump illegally. There was no P tape. It doesn't exist. They illegally uh, used this document to do something which is illegal, which is spy on a U.S. citizen. They can't do that. So they broke all kinds of laws. Now, the whole impeachment shenanigans started because of a lie. Christopher Steele is the reason why it's called a Steele dossier. Guess who paid for the entire inquiry to happen? And it cost a few million dollars. Guess who was the one who paid? This is going to make you laugh. I wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> Her name was Hillary Clinton. She was tied to Christopher Steele. She paid him. For information, he told him, told her, well, there's a couple hookers that supposedly he peed on, which was a lie. And then, based on that, she said, well, can you put that somewhere on paper? And they used that to to do the inquiry on Trump. And then, uh, even Christopher Steele later on said, well, about the whole pee tape, uh, it doesn't really actually exist. And at that point, the FBI was already looking into it, and they were like, hey, don't worry about it. He ain't going to win anyway. But then something happened. He won. Yeah. And then they had to get rid of him, yeah. so the impeachment started. Because they, they didn't deal, want to come you're, clean. You're a very political guy. The truth is, yeah. I, I deliberately do not have TV because I don't like commercials, and I don't like I feel you on that. Yeah. You know, I have my uh, bed arranged to where I can see the sun come up every morning. Oh, see, I wish I had that. I have you know, a brick wall you know, in front of me. Uh, that's, uh, to me, and I, I'm on the second story where my bed is, you know. <laughs> this is my office. But uh, uh, I do that deliberately because, to me, watch the sun come up every morning 
is the best news you're going to get all day long. That's very true. Yeah, you, you, yo, that's the realest thing the realest has ever said. <laughs> and it doesn't make any difference if it's cloudy, which it has been here. This is actually the first true monsoon season Arizona's had in two or three years. Oh, At least true in story. In Arizona, where I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's let's uh, close the book on RG for a second here, and uh, we'll, we're okay. going to continue uh, on, a, on a conversation. So, just to make it clear, yeah, because there's a lot of people that are watching right now, and I know that I told you I wasn't going to take any calls uh, because I know there's uh, people want to get in and, and you know do all kinds of probably nasty stuff. So. I purposely am not taking calls, I, and a lot of times when I have uh, people like yourself that I like talking to, and I just like, you know, the back and forth, I don't like taking, you know, calls from people because it kind of like, messes the, the, you know, the back and forth and what's going on in the flow of the conversation, but I do want to, you know, close this book on RG, uh, because as far as I go, your word is gold, and Travis's word is gold. You know, I've known you guys for a, a long time. I've known Travis for about 10 years. I've known you a little bit less, but I feel like I've known you forever since, you know, your story is one of, the, like like I said, one of the main influences that got me to where I am today doing these kind of shows. And, uh, you know, whatever you guys go through personally, I've seen some of it, how, it, you know, it's, you know, sometimes over deals, money, personal issues, everybody goes through that stuff whether you're friends family doesn't matter we all have our personal issues our hiccups our fights our back and forth and it's how you handle it in the end between you and it really should stay in that you know point where it's between you guys and not made public you know shame on rg for making stuff public without any real evidence uh if that's what he did uh he's never welcomed on this show um, so they don't even have to reach out to me and try to get their side of the story. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I don't even want to hear it uh, because this kind of stuff, if they were real about it, where's the evidence? I haven't seen any. All I've seen is a lot of talk right. on the Internet via text. That's not evidence to me, guys. And uh, audio, I can manipulate you saying whatever you guys want yeah. you know, you to say. I know how, to, how it's done. I know how the sauce is made, so you can't fool me. <laughs> and uh, video... I've hoaxed my own UFO videos and put it online, and I've had people say, "Wow, have you talked to the FBI? You should, you should go talk to like the CIA right now. They're looking for you because those aliens are looking for you." And I'm like, "You idiot! That's an airplane." But I know how to make that come to life as a UFO on a video. It's very easy. But what you guys went through is something that it was an experience when none of you had, you know, changed your, you know, story of what happened. It was heavily investigated. There was an actual missing person uh, for days. Um, you know, it's as concrete as there is. And again, you guys have passed lie detector tests, and yeah, I've, I've, many I've of them. Taken two and passed two, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And Travis, how many has he taken? He's Travis taken a few. Actually, uh, I don't know how many he's taken that he passed, but I know of two that he's actually flunked. There was one on TV that was like the final question. Oh, yeah. But he had, right. they said everything else was truth. But then the final question, they're like, eh, not so much. But then I was like, wait a second. The questions were, did you see a light? Yes. Was it hovering? Yes. Uh, what, did it look like something out of out of this world or something like that? And they're like, oh, everything was yes, 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 yes. Everything was good. 
But the last one was like, were you abducted by aliens? Were you jackass? You know, like, if everything else is yes, you know, how are you going to say the last one is no? (laughs) I can explain that. At least I have a theory of it. Yeah. I don't don't know what really happened there. I do know that he was telling the truth about all those questions about seeing the light, seeing the UFO. Right. uh, Something hitting him and and like that. Uh, Now, that last question... They say he he flunked it, but I wouldn't know because I can't speak for Travis. You know, all I can say is everything up to that point uh, he could have an- he could answer very very fine. I mean, because there was really air and it really did whatever what all of us described, even Travis. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, and you know, there's something that's beautiful about the way life works. You could tell when somebody's lying or not lying by the body expression, the facial expression, and, and body language is huge now. That makes a big, you know, yeah. a big deal. Travis's expression on that moment was of a person who was like, "What?" Like, yeah. if, if you look at his face, you're like, "Are you shitting me?" Like, right? Like, no, like I've, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, he had this look like, uh, guys, uh, that there's something this shenanigans happening here that's my new favorite word of the week by the way shenanigans and dana they showed a picture of her on that show too and her mouth yeah. is just wide open you know you're talking about gaping you know a gaping mouth i i think that was a hit job i think that was a hit job and you know i tell you uh mike and and i've seen it happen and unfortunately i think it happens when it's a big deal case like the travis uh experience uh, you know, like Roswell, you know, Jesse Marcel Jr. and Stan Freeman went through some of this stuff. Bob Lazar has gone through this. You know, some of the people that have really made noises uh, but have not exactly cashed in. Like, Bob Lazar is not a millionaire, right? And here we're talking about a guy who came out with the Area 51 stuff when nobody else was talking about it, said he worked there. It was very controversial. But he is not exactly cashed in on his story. And, in fact, he wants no part of fame. Like, I've tried to hit Bob Lazar for an interview. He doesn't give interviews. Like, he is the type of person that he wants nothing to do with this. He came out with this story because he he felt the world needed to know what was going on at Area 51. And, you know, God bless the guy. I, I believe him and George Snap. Uh, when they came out with their story, a good friend of mine who I interviewed several times, Stan Freeman, doesn't didn't believe him. You know, rest in peace. He didn't believe Bob Lazar's story, but you know what? Between me and Stan, we had our back and forth. So, but at the end of the day, I do believe that Bob Lazar was there, and I seen some of the crazy stuff that's happened to him over the years, and I know some of the stuff that Travis and you've gone through as well. Uh, so I think that TV, you know, incident with Travis was a hit job. I think they planned it. They wanted to make him feel comfortable. And at the very end, they're going to hit him with that final one and try to, like, you know, make him look bad to smear him. Oh, you're talking about the, the Tell the Truth show. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't know. I certainly yeah. wouldn't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, I know, I know. I, was, I wasn't invited. <laughs> it's just one of those things that Travis said later. I didn't want you there. You know, Travis really should not have taken uh, the offer to do that show. I mean, there's certain uh, things that uh, you got to be careful with uh, when it comes to your show, you know, to your story, because those kind of shows are meant to be controversial and meant to, you know, smear people. That's really, you know, remember, controversy sells. 
more than anything, when you create a controversy over anything, that's going to sell more. That's going to sell more videos. That's going to sell more audio. That's going to get more clicks on YouTube or whatever. That it's you know that's why everybody is so negative about everything in life, because that's what sells. You know, when you're positive, people skip right over you and they go to the next guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the unfortunate truth. And in shows like that, that's what that show only lasted like what one one season, two seasons, or was something short lived. I mean, I, I never saw another episode, so I really wouldn't know. Uh, I saw that one because they were like Travis Walton. Phil's test, and I'm like, get out of here. And then I saw it, and I'm like, really? I don't know. Yeah. I know that he plunked with one uh, many years ago, a guy named uh, uh, Jack McCarthy, or John, John or Jack McCarthy. Uh, and that was done in, in the Phoenix area. Mm. And uh, he uh, supposedly plunked it flat out. I don't know. I wasn't there again. <laughs> well, he flunked it. Okay, now, um, was it because he was nervous? I mean, because that sometimes will throw off the tests. You well, know, ex- exam- polygraph. I've talked to a couple of them, and they say that nervousness has nothing to do with it. Okay, it, that's not what is measured to to you know truth finding. It's uh, it's quirks in your. Uh, especially your galvanic skin response is one of the big ones. Uh-huh. There's something about, I don't even know how it works, but there's something, you know, they, they put these little paddles on your fingers, you know. Right, right. And uh, and you're not supposed to move it, and you put it on the arm of a chair that you're supposed to there. And they've got these tubes around your chest mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this galvanic skin response, Cy uh, uh, Gilson told me, he says, that is the number one thing that they go by, but it also plays off the other stuff, the respiration and, and uh, your breathing patterns, uh, right. the way you breathe, and your blood pressure. They do your blood pressure, too, and all those things go together, and now it's computerized. It was when he was doing the test. Uh, his, the second one he did on, on me and Travis and uh, Alan Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he was telling me that all those go together because they're computerized. As the computer reads the combination of these various things. There's like five or six various things that go into this. And galvanic skin response is one of the biggest. Because because I guess it has to do with sweating. And it's just minute sweating, just slight. So I don't know. you know. And, and uh, Cy Gilson was saying that it's, it's like 97% accurate. Oh wow! Somewhere between uh, a ninety-one and 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 ninety-eight or whatever percent accurate. Now, what if you have a, a condition where you have sweaty palms? Because I know people like that. I guess that's what galvanic skin response is. You know, the tips of your fingers. I don't right. know which hand they use. Yeah, on mine it was the right hand. I remember that. Twice. <laughs> well, but you passed yeah. your your two uh, tests yeah, un- under those circumstances. Times, yeah. yeah, yeah. The first the first test that he did in the Holbert courthouse. Uh, that's was, a, that's uh, one depicted in the movie, right? The the courthouse test. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that test actually asked four questions, and only one question was, "Did you actually see a UFO?" You know on that night, uh, November 5th, 1975, and, and of course, 
all of us but Alan Dallas passed that. Now, Alan Dallas was passing the part of the test that he took, but he was like the third run through, and he got nervous about something, got pissed about it, and tore the machine loose. But later on, Cy Gillis, in this matter of uh, police records that I went down and found myself at, at uh, the county uh, records, and and, and uh, there was this uh, record there about Alan Dallas's test. You know, he had passed the first two run-throughs, and he just got up and tore it loose, and everything tore himself loose from the machine. Hmm. Yeah, well, he was kind of, uh, I guess, uh, being looked at uh, and maybe, uh, you know, as a possible uh, conspirator towards the uh, possible passing of Travis. So I'm sure that he was very nervous and just like, they're going to point the finger at me, man. And, you know, like. The trouble with with Alan Dallas was he was kind of a hoodlum. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's like, yeah. Yeah, he had done some bad things there in Snowflake. I don't remember. And then later on, he got well, that in the movie, they, they I think didn't they play down like the way he was in the movie a little bit, like he was a little wilder in real life than what they showed in the movie. But the movie kind of like played him off like he was a rebel with a chip on his shoulder. The main, the main <laughs> difference was that uh, the real Alan Dallas was kind of a, in my opinion, kind of an ugly dude. <laughs> well. Uh, the guy that they had plays part was a very good looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like handsome guy? I thought you meant ugly yeah, like yeah. inside. He's just an ugly, vicious uh, well, person. Yeah, he's a good actor. <laughs> well, well, they they at, at least they did get a good you know looking cast uh, for you guys. It's not like you got Danny DeVito playing you or something like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> well, I certainly like Robert Patrick playing my part. We we've talked about that, you know. Travis is probably still pissed because the Terminator played you in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis keeps accusing me of being jealous of him, but the truth is, uh, his jealousy of me started way back with the first book, which was the Walton experience, right? Mm-hmm. And he was telling me all during that, you know. I said, "Well, I I can illustrate it. I did a pretty good job. I did, but uh, pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> he kept telling me, they're not going to, they, uh, uh, people who buy books, people, you know, publishers don't care about illustrations. It's sometimes for the cover, you know, mm-hmm. but, but they don't want illustrations, you know. They want the writing, okay? And the fact is that they gave him, paid him $3,000 for the book, for the, his writing. They paid me 5000 for the for illustration. The <laughs> yeah, no, you told me that once, and that's like, that's. <laughs> That's reason for him to be so, mad. I'd be mad too. <laughs> and, yeah, that was, that was uh, I, I'd be like, I'm going to get abducted, probed, and this guy gets more money than me for a picture. Like, <laughs> and there, ever since then, he's uh, he's acted like I'm jealous of him. No, I'm not jealous of him. What have I got to be jealous of? I don't think either one of you guys are jealous of each other. I think it's just uh, you know, it, look, you guys have known each other so long. It's like brotherly squabbling at this point. You know, well, yeah, you know, like yeah. I, I like Travis. I like him. You know. I know you he's, do. He's a pretty good guy. You know, except for he just. In fact, his favorite word for me right now is delusional. Well, <laughs> we we all go a little <laughs> delusional every once in a while. Delusional. Just, you know. saying, you're so you're delusional. <laughs> no. Over. I mean, just almost every sentence that he texts or whatever. You know, he doesn't say that to me in person though. 
Just when we tag or email, you know. Well, I can honestly tell you that the the you know few uh, occasions that I've spoken to Travis in private or on the shows, uh, he's never mentioned anything bad about you. So I mean, and I, I can honestly say that uh, he's never mentioned a bad thing about you or Steve Pierce. Now he did, you know, say that some of Steve's uh, claims uh, later on were a little bit, uh, you know, let's just say. Um, Further away from the truth than center. <laughs> Some yeah. of his own personal experiences. Well, one, uh, one thing, one thing, uh, Steve Pierce has been, he's all upset about, he said that what Travis wrote about him in his, in his book is not true at all, and that's specifically the crying, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well was Steve, he's always John, had an issue with Gallette, that, though. Yeah, John Gallette, who's his best friend, his best pot smoking buddy. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right. Not anymore, anyway. No, but no. I, I still, I don't smoke. I never did smoke. I mean, I tried on a few occasions, but it didn't do anything for me. So uh, you're too happy why, of a right? yeah. You're too happy of a dude. I can't see it like making you any higher. Like yeah, it's almost a waste oh, uh, of weed, bro. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing, this this guy that we're talking about that I won't mention his name, he he says that I admitted to doing cocaine. Yeah, I admitted to doing cocaine, and I also told him that it was the biggest mistake of my life. It was at a at a, a wedding reset after a wedding. Okay, her her my my girlfriend's brother had gotten married, and everybody got together. The girls and the guys, you know, get together afterwards. You mm -hmm. know, and and uh, they brought out cocaine. I mean, on big lines of it. This was down in Phoenix. Okay, was it like eighties or nineties or two thousands? Oh, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was. I think it was in the late 80s. Well, come on, that was the, the cocaine decade. I mean, everybody was doing co uh, The presidents were high on coke, are you kidding me? Yeah, well. Like, do you think George Bush Sr. got on that, that helicopter not high off coke? Come on, he was ready to kill bad guys. He was, like, yeah. doing lines. Well, let, me finish, let me finish the story <laughs> about that first. <laughs> All right. They put out lines. I mean, big, long lines on a table right there, and people were snorting it, you know. Yeah. I, I had never tried it before, so I, I got a little bitty thing, like, you know, about a half-inch line, you know. I snorted it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everything was fine for, like, 15 minutes, and then I started getting feeling really weird, and within a half an hour, I was laying on the floor in convulsions, seriously, and I was that way for several hours. And... and they should have taken me to the hospital. Seriously, they yeah. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it because it was illegal. Well. They, they would not take me. Yeah, but it's and, your uh, it's your life. I mean, you could have overdosed, especially if you've never done that before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not good. That's the, that's the one and only time, the one and only experience with cocaine, and I shouldn't have done it. Well, let me blow your mind here for a second. And uh, I used to work in the car business, Mike. And in the car business... Everybody does cocaine, and uh, that's a little-known fact. In fact, if you're not high on cocaine, you ain't selling a car on that day. Uh, that's pretty much the way that works. Uh, I had, and I, I don't do cocaine. Uh, I've tried it, um, like yourself. Actually, I've done it more than you. I'm not gonna lie, uh, because I, in the car business, it's like pass around, you know, like money. 
I literally, when I, you know, was completely done with it, and it was maybe, like, for a few months that I kind of, like, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do with, you know, line here or there, because they were offering it to me, right? And the reason I quit this one place was when it was becoming so rampant that I was like, I got to get out of here because I'm going to become addicted, and I don't, want it, I don't want that to happen. Funny enough, I live now, like, five blocks away from this dealership, and I, and I quit this place, like, years ago, right? This is back in, like, 2006 or seven, And uh, the owner one day comes in, and he goes to uh, to me, he goes, you sold three cars today? And I'm like, yeah, I had sold three cars that day. I was really happy, you know? And mind you, I, I don't drink. I haven't had a drink in 17 years now. Um, I don't do any illicit drugs or anything. You know, I smoke pot. That's about it. But at that point, I had not really been into the cocaine much or anything. You know, I've done it a couple of times, but it wasn't my thing. And dude busts out with like a $100 bag. And he goes, everybody sold over two cars. I'm giving a $100 bag to. And I'm like, is this like Christmas? Now, mind you, it was like early December. But I was like, what? And literally, like, there's a few uh, people that sold two, three cars. I was one that sold three cars. So he started giving out baggies of hundreds of Coke to everybody there. And at that point, I was like, I really don't want to, like, do $100 worth of it. Like, that's, it was like a big bag or something like that, right? Like, a big-ass bag. I don't know if you can see that. And I was like, I don't want this. But I don't want to be, like, the only idiot that says no. Because then I'm a little like a coward and a you know a sissy and I, I don't want that. So I took it, I pocketed it, and he's like, "Yeah, good job, Angel," patting me on the back. And then I ended up selling it for like fifty bucks. So I don't even enjoy it, but he, he he didn't find out unless he watches this podcast right now. He'll never know that I sold it for fifty bucks to uh, to a family member who was there. And he's like, "I'll take it off your hands if you don't want it, brother." And I'm like, "Give me 50. And they're like, "Okay." They enjoyed it. Now, that was a long time ago. I don't know if there's a statute of limitation on that. If not, I'll cut it off YouTube later. It's no big deal. But, uh, you know, look, we've all, the point of us getting into this conversation is we've all done stupid stuff when we're young and uh, whether it be drugs or whatever. As long as you don't do hookers peeing on you and put it on video, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> well, In Russia. In Russia. <laughs> One reason I'm such a happy guy is about three, a little over three years ago, my girlfriend left me. Mm. <laughs> that would make me happy too, yeah, because being single, man, it's a lot of fun. And, Have and you been I'm working not, the I'm church kidding, yet, I'm Mike? Kidding. I'm not kidding about that because <laughs> when we were together, uh, we would fight, you know, uh, sometimes physically, at least one time physically. <laughs> And uh, anyway, her name's Bernadette. She, when she finally left, hi Bernadette. Uh, Sorry about yeah. you know putting your name out there. <laughs> anyway, I'll cut that out later. Don't worry about it. I don't think she cares. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when uh, I've got pictures of her on my uh, web page. In fact, recently, she's not a bad-looking woman, even though she's 19 years younger than me. I saw that though. You you posted one recently on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. That that brings up something. Uh, my uh, there's three girls in my family that have had birthdays this month. Yes. It started, it started with my only granddaughter. Yep. Zelly. That was the fifteenth. We we had the big party for her on the 
on the 15th. We also had a party for at the city park on Sunday, and there was a lot of people there. And Burnett was there. My son Hess was there, and my daughter Michelle showed up. I didn't expect her to be there, but uh, anyway, she was. And you know, we talked a lot, and everything was fine. She brought a lot of presents for 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 Zelly and. Uh, Beautiful nice. baby, by the way. Very beautiful baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice-looking girl. She's yeah. She was 10 years old on the 15th. Anyway, uh, my stepdaughter, Mindy, okay, had a birthday July 21st, and I put that on my page and a picture of her. And uh, my sister, Dana, mm-hmm. had a birthday just last Friday, the 23rd, Okay. And I put a whole bunch of pictures of her. Now, my daughter Cher, who is now, you might say, Cher Rogers Maxwell. Okay. That's a presidential name if I've ever heard one. Cher (laughs) Rogers Maxwell. Oh, congressperson. She could run for office. (laughs) Yeah. Her birthday is tomorrow. Uh, Oh, happy birthday to her. Birthday, Cher, a day early. There you go. There's, she'll be able to see this, and you get uh, posted later. Say, look, we wish you a happy birthday on on somebody yeah. show that you don't know, but it's okay. You'll you'll like him. He's kind of goofy. Well, well I, I will put I will put happy birthday to her either tonight or tomorrow. You know, yeah, I haven't done that yet. But uh, oh, and one other thing is, I finally finished my Christ painting. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of you, Mike. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but if you like darken the hair a little bit on the chin and the hair and the hair and the head and over here, you know, you look a little bit like your own painting there, Mike. Are you looking in the mirror when you're painting the Christ figure? Well, first of all, my nose doesn't look anything like that. I don't look anything like that. From know. a certain <laughs> angle without the glasses and the darker beard and the jello pudding pop and the wife Camille and, and you know. I, uh, <laughs> I've been telling people for for a couple of weeks now that I'm going to show that picture, you know. And I said, almost for certain, maybe <laughs> Sunday, okay, it would be appropriate day. Well, this is Sunday. Uh, uh I'll probably show it tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's funny. That's a lot of birthdays in a row. That's uh, kind of bizarre. That's. Well, yeah. Yeah. All girls. All, and all girls say? too. Yeah. They all they all colluded. My stepdaughter Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> Zelly. They're like, too. how can we make Mike Rogers go broke? It's all be born around the same time period, so he has to buy us all gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Dana has four kids, you know, uh, Clifton, Celeste, uh, Luke, and Sierra. And uh, they've all got kids, okay, I think. I think. Well, I'm sure. Oh, heavens. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste has uh, it's either nine or ten kids now. Leave it out. It's hard to keep up, huh? Wow. So, uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, Travis, I would have more grandkids than Travis, except for one of his daughters. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
How many kids does Travis have? He has a few kids, right? He has a couple of... Uh, four, four, four right? Yeah, four kids. Two, two yeah. girls, two girls and, and two boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. The oldest one is Clifton, yeah. I know one of the grandkids, or I think it was one of his grandkids, was in the hospital a little while back, and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. How's uh, she doing? Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little boy. And oh, it's a little boy, All right. Has trouble... Um, Still, wasn't expected to live this long, hmm. but has hung in there. And my my uh, sister Dana spends an awful lot of time helping her with, with that little boy. Uh, sad case, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I, I know there's a GoFundMe, and I think that's still active. Um, for anybody who wants to look that up, I'll, I'll make that um, available. I, I think they still have that up. Uh, if anybody wants to, like, you know, help uh, with the the expenses, because uh, that, you know, the the condition that I know Travis put out there on the internet was pretty serious, and that can get pretty expensive on medical bills and stuff. So, anything that can be done, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Zelly doesn't have any kids. She's ten years old. <laughs> well, I would hope not. I mean, share share has two boys. Uh, uh, Jeffrey and Colby. She's still a baby. She's 10, man. Come on now. <laughs> Colby, Colby is my friend on Facebook, and he's always uh, chiming in here and there, you know, saying things that are not exactly derogatory. They're more like advice to me, you know. And so I, I talk to him, you know, text, text, you know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't like, what, I don't like text because, because text does it. You can't tell what, what somebody is expressing in text. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They might, yeah. have an explanation mark, which can mean a variety of things, a question mark, or a period. <laughs> you know. Sometimes, like, you make one mistake, and, like, or you say something one way, and they think you're mad, and you're, like, you're actually laughing as you're tapping, typing away, because it's, like, exactly. you're not even being serious. And this has happened to me, mostly with my liberal friends, you know, not so much with my conservative friends, so I, I think that might play something into it. But some of my liberal friends, you know, I say something, like, funny, because I'm just, you know, like, that type of dude. And uh, they think that I'm being, like, super, like, crazy Trump-supporting you know, madman, yeah. and I'm like, dude, it was just a goof. I was just, you know, messing with you. Like, you don't have to get so like literal about it. Like, even one of my close friends, I don't know if I told you that I've known for decades, stopped being a friend of mine because I posted something on Facebook with a meme after the uh, 2016 election as a joke because my guy won, and uh, I posted it on my timeline. My friend got mad at me, and I haven't talked to him since. Yeah, go figure. So you well, would figure, you know, you know they have uh, a sense of humor. Guess not, you know. Uh, Travis has uh, made uh, accusations. In fact, one, upon one point, in fact, it was during that call that he made to uh, Dave, uh, Dave Miller. He said that none of my kids want anything to do with me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, uh, there. I only have one daughter. It seems to have trouble with me, and that's my daughter Cher, whose birthday is tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> Cher, I love you. <laughs> one, one one thing I I would like to see, you know, from you and Travis going forward in the future is, you know, family squabbles. You guys really, I mean, need and this goes both ways. You know, you guys really need to start keeping that stuff 
between the family because you know that can get ugly and you know if he did say something like that that's not you know cool to say whether it's true or not doesn't matter you know you know there's certain lines i don't cross for example you know when it comes to talking about friends and stuff uh so i mean he should never have said that um just like you know i'm I'm sure you agree that you should never say something that might have happened with you know him or one of his sons or one of his daughters or whatever uh you know the family issues usually i like to just keep that you know where it belongs behind the the, uh, closed doors of the family uh when it starts becoming public and it's almost like the kardashians you know like it becomes a nightmare after a while it's like you know nobody wants to keep their mouth quiet it's like at some point you're like kim take kanye west and just get out of my face i don't want to see your butt anymore kim because it's just too much talking back and forth and you know it's you know i don't want that to ever happen between you and, and travis that's why it's so hard for me and i know a lot of folks that look up to you guys in, in you know this field of ufology which, again, ufology is just a joke, everybody. Let's be honest. Uh, there's no such thing. You don't go to ufology college. There's no UFO academy. Uh, there's no paranormal U. There's no real X-Files in the FBI, okay? This is all make-believe land that people have made up to, you know, to service a cult, which is what yeah. this has become, a religious cult for a lot of people. Uh, that's the truth. With that said, people are having experiences, People are going through uh, some crazy things. People are seeing things. I do think there's uh, things that we're being lied to about by the government. Those things are all uh, 100% happening. But, you know, the term ufology, and I use it because it's, you know, uh, mostly a joke, and I like, you know, just saying it. Uh, But people that really look at this and want to research it, they don't want to see you guys fight, man. You know, we don't want to see that. You know, we we love you guys, man. We want to see you guys prosper and uh you know continue opening doors for other individuals because you know what you guys are doing you know until the end of your days it's important for the people that are coming out you know after you guys because you're seeding the seeds and opening the minds of individuals that are looking at these cases and are saying okay what's real was not if they start looking at it, and then they're like, yeah, but, you know, in 2024, they started going on about somebody's brakes in their car, and then they got mad because their son said something about this guy, and, and you know, there's a family, this, and the family, and then it stops being about the experience, and more about the family and the issues and, and dilemmas that have nothing to do with anything, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, you guys have great personalities. What I love about both of you guys is, that going forward, you've actually been able to open yourself up to other uh, endeavors. Like you, you have the painting, which is amazing, by the way. I still look at that piano you painted. And I'm like, that's a fucking real piano, guys. That's, <laughs> I mean, you do really, really great work. Uh, you haven't even you haven't even seen a lot of the work I've done. I uh, I have photographs of about everything. But I know so much of it. I mean, how in the world would I display it all anyway? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, Oh my gosh! When I was in the sign business, I I did I, I I painted photographs on billboards several times. Yeah, I know. No, when Odin told me that you were actually the one who, because I didn't, you know, I I saw the book, I read the book, but I never put together that you're the one that drew that you know initial you know artwork uh, that everybody you know looks at now. And they're like, oh, that yeah, fire in the sky, Travis Walton experience, yeah, you know. And he told me, yeah, no, no, Mike Rogers actually is the one that drew that. And I was like, really? 
And then I started looking up, and I was like, holy crap, yeah, this guy can really paint. Like, you're, and, and I know you told me this before on another show, you, you still use, like, old Paint Pro and, you know. No, I don't use anything like that. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a, a big Sony Vio that I've had for 19 years. Uh-huh. And all that I have on that is paint. Yeah, that's the one paint. That's the, the, the program paint. It's called Paint the Pro. Thing of it is, the thing of it is is I've learned how to use it. I mean, yeah. well, actually, I pretty much knew how to do it to start with, but I've never, <laughs> ever installed any of those other programs, you know? Yeah. Never have. Let me ask you a question. Uh, are you the type of person by you? Uh, when it comes to like certain things like that, that you initially just know how it works without even having to go through manuals and stuff? Say that again. Something cut out there. Oh, uh, are you? Uh, have you been the kind of person that there's certain things that you're interested in that for, you know, whether it be technical or whatever that you really are into that you haven't even needed a manual because you automatically just kind of knew how the way it works? Well, when I was in college, I did a aptitude test. And believe it or not, what they came up with is that I would make a good computer programmer. And when it comes to this Sony Vio, I have basically reprogrammed paint. I can do stuff with paint that people wouldn't believe could be done. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's why that's all my question. That's aside from my paintings, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of paintings, you know. No, that's why I asked that question because I mean, you, literally, it's an older Sony Vio, which that's you know, uh, what was it? He said it was ten years old, twenty years old. How, how old Nine, is it? Nineteen. It's nineteen years old. Nineteen years old. Actually, it's it's close to twenty years old. So you got what, like what, Windows Seven on there? XP. Oh wow! Wow, Windows Mike. XP. Jesus. That's, we're talking about the T-Rex of Windows here. Uh, a, whatever works. But, you know, look at that. You have Windows XP. You're using the Windows Pro, Paint Pro from Windows XP. And you come up with that kind of work. I mean, the people of Photoshop in, you know, the latest computers are probably envious. Because they're using, like, $3,000 brand new computers. And they're, like, not even on that level. And I've seen right. some of the work, and it's you know pretty uh, pretty damn impressive. Well, actually, I've I've taken a lot of the uh, paintings that I did uh, for initially for uh, the Walton experience, and then of course later into uh, Fire in the Sky, uh, and I've uh, I've refurbished some of that, not all of it, but some of it, uh, you know, digital, digitally. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it looks better, uh, but it's it's uh it's the same painting. I mean, you know, all I've done is just crisp it up a little bit here and there. Uh, sometimes, I mean, you wouldn't even notice really, but it but to me, I see it. It's 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 better. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell your baby I, looks I, good. I could if I wanted. I could if I wanted. I I could create something completely bizarre, animation. Okay, uh, I could I could create UFOs doing anything on on a, on a computer, you know. Yeah. I have I actually have three computers. <laughs> you, you know, I got into it with uh, another uh, person who was uh, pretty.
pretty big in ufology. Michael Horn. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. No. Huh? Okay. You know, you ever heard of Billy Myers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Michael Horn is the American uh, or the U.S. representative to the Billy Meyer case. Uh And I got into it with him one day. And Michael Horn, God bless him, he really tries hard. I mean, I don't believe Billy Meyer's uh, case at all. Because I've seen the way it's been hoaxed. Uh, And what I love about Michael Horn, though, is the fact that he still, like, he's very adamant that Billy Myers telling the truth because of the prophecy, not the videos or the pictures, because all that's been debunked. So he goes on what the prophecies are, and he's really, like, adamant about that. You know, the prophecies, that's where the money's at. But the problem with people like Michael... Are you saying prophecy? Prophecy, yeah, because he says Billy Meyer has prophecies of stuff that's okay. going to happen in the future. So he's like, his prophecy... Is what's important, not the videos and and all that stuff. And he's and he made this claim, Mike. And this is what makes me laugh every time. And he makes this claim. He says, "Gee, that's available today. I have yet to see anybody replicate what Billy Myers did with his footage of alien UFOs, and and nobody's able to duplicate what he did." And I'm like, "Are you serious? I've literally seen videos of amateurs doing the exact." thing within a matter of minutes and they were able to get the exact same result as what Billy did and it didn't take more than one or two guys doing it uh every single one of his videos that he supposedly shot were duplicated by amateurs and they nailed it I mean they did they replicated exactly the way he did it they showed how he strung things together but you know when you see the debunking on that level and then you know that the wife came forward and she debunked him. The son came forward and he debunked him. And it was like one after the other. And then Michael Horn still stands up there and he says, no, 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 no. Forget all that stuff. It's his prophecies we got to look at now. That, you know, it's like whitewashing the events of, like, you know, his entire life. Because the whole purpose was the communication he had supposedly with these aliens the footage, you know, the stuff that he shot. That's why I don't believe footage anymore because anything could be manipulated. Like even audio, we said earlier about audio. Footage could also be easily manipulated. So to me, none of this stuff is real. It's really about the experience. And again, we go back to your experience. You guys have no video experience of what happened. There's no smartphones back then or anything for you to take video of this stuff. But it's the story of what you guys went through. That's the important part of the whole thing. You know, it's that initial story within all the credible stuff that happened afterwards. Yeah, a lot of people have said uh, that it was a hoax, but the thing of it is, uh, at least six of us, the uh, the witnesses, you might call us, <laughs> we, uh, we all saw the same thing, and we yeah. described almost exactly the sound, the, the movement, the look of it. It was totally three-dimensional. It was suspended in the air, and then it started moving. And uh, the whole thing. Actually, that, that event didn't last more than a minute tops. Yeah. And then then, then I was down the road. <laughs> You're... And, and when, we were, when we were down, when, when we went down the road, probably less than a quarter of a mile, uh, I stopped the truck, and, and we looked back, and then... Steve remembers looking back and, and seeing a light raise up and take off, and, and I think John does too, but, uh, and of course me. Uh, 
And then we went back, uh, and there was nothing there. <laughs> yeah. No Travis, no object, no nothing. Now, so, you know. initially, of course, everybody thought you guys had killed them, which that turned out to be not true. Like a lot of things, uh, people got it wrong back then. Um, now, how relieved were you, though, when Travis said, I, never, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but how relieved were you when they found Travis and he was okay and he was alive and well? Well, uh, I didn't hear about it for like a day after he was returned. Right. And uh, I, I think it was uh, one of the one of the deputy sheriffs that told me about it. Which is not the way, that's not the way they showed it in the movie also. In the movie, it's like, oh, you guys got in the truck and went and got him. <laughs> well, that movie was totally wrong about <laughs> practically everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, the best part was Robert Patrick. <laughs> Correct. I do love the, I, I do love the scene where Travis is like under the table and the Serb is like, you know, coming down oh, yeah. and it hits him and he has the flashback oh, moment. I'm like, and really? There was, ne <laughs> there was ne never, never a big gathering where a welcome back Travis party. That never happened. And there was never a, a scene in a church where I got up in front of the audience, you know, or in front of the congregation and did the stuff that Robert Patrick did in that movie. It never happened. In fact, practically nothing happened in that movie that I actually had. In fact, Travis is part of that movie. Uh, according to him, you know, I can't vouch for Travis, but the story he tells, like in, in the book, right? Two books. Yeah. <laughs> but Essentially, book. yeah. 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 Uh, it's completely, totally different from the movie. 100%. About the only thing he could say is aliens. Yeah. They had him, you know. <laughs> Something happened, he got zapped, and next thing you know, he wakes up in a craft on a table somewhere. That's... And his name, his name was Travis Walton. <laughs> yes. That's about it. That's about and you were Mike Rogers, and you were played yeah. by the Terminator. That's... <laughs> oh, and, and Alan Dallas, they used his name. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's it. I think we're just those three, us three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they even, it was funny because they merged people together, like the sheriff got... It was like oh, three yeah. people, and they merged into like one person. I'm like, yeah. why would you well, do they, stuff like that? What they did is this, uh, you know, James Garner played played the part of a an investigator. Right. And they, they melded Sheriff Gillespie with Phil, Philip Class. You know? That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? I mean, even if you're like on a budget, that doesn't even sound like a good idea. Like, <laughs> no. No. all the way from Montana. See, th this is why I think that in itself, it's also a hit job. This is what makes me believe, you know, what you guys went through a little bit more actually, uh, because when you look at stuff like the movie, um, stuff like the you know show that Travis was on about the truth, whatever. Uh, when you look at these certain things. It really becomes, you know, like almost self-evident that this is some kind of a hit job that they're playing on you guys, because for Hollywood and the left who loves the UFO subject so much, to have a story this big on their lap with an actual, you know, scriptwriter like uh, you know Tracy Torme who wanted to do, yeah, wanted to do something like genuine and honest here. And to get that and say, no, we're going to make this a horror movie and nothing is going to be real. I mean, to me, 
it comes off like, you know, they weren't interested in the real story. They were interested in just, you know, making it look bad. Because what happens in that case, people that watch that and then they read the book get confused. Now they don't know what's real and they start believing, you know. And that's bad for you, Well, the, the movie didn't do us any good in that respect at all, did it? No, no, no. You know, you know that I only made a thousand dollars off that movie. Well, itself. Yeah. But I did make. Some people you know, want to believe that you you came off and became a millionaire. By the way, <laughs> the, the promotional the promotional tour, which took in uh, Europe, uh, Australia. Australia was one of the great ones, you know. Yeah, we. We spent two weeks in Australia going all over the, I mean, every major city. And we were treated like royalty, I swear. A limousine. Um, and, and when we were in Italy, uh, they they provide us each with an individual limousine because there, my girlfriend Bernadette with, with, went with me and Travis and Dana, you know, my sister Dana. They're married, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That part of the movie is true. We're not married. Kind of. Because I was married once, and that was enough. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so anyway, and my, my marriage lasted 12 years, and Bernadette and I lasted 30 years. And uh, she comes in the house here at will. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But I won't have anything to do with her anymore. No, but y'all two are still friends. So, I mean, that's good. I yeah, mean, we're yeah. still friends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Heston lives right here. Yeah. Right here yeah. in the South. Yeah. So much for your kids hating you, huh? <laughs> Shoot. My, my daughter, uh, Katie, loves me to death. I love her. Michelle. My son, Michael, who lives in Florida. Same thing. And yep. Heston. And uh, uh, Katie has. Uh, Two uh, boys, Tyler and Caden, and uh, you know, and and of course, my daughter Nicole loves me, and my oldest daughter Dawn. Her husband shot himself in the head, and it really messed her up. And since then, she hardly talks to anybody. She stays to herself. I think she lives with Nicole, which is uh, down there in Mesa, I believe. And uh, uh, she was very, very affected by that. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. I they only have one daughter that does seem to have a problem with me, and that's the girl whose birthday is tomorrow. Her name is Cher. Oh. And I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why in the world she acts the way she does. I really don't. Uh, maybe if you, how old is she? Oh gosh, I wouldn't want to get. I wouldn't want to say. <laughs> well, depending on the age. She's my, she's my third third oldest daughter. Okay, well, yeah, don't 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 you know hurt her feelings. Uh, but depending on the age, I say just get her a nice gift, and you know just uh, try to like mend fences because I mean at the end of the day that's all we got man it's family and loved ones. So. I'll put it this way. She's somewhere between 30 and 40. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. That's like around my age. Hey. Yeah. That's a uh, middle age, isn't it? Yeah. It's Time well, of your life. It was for me. I'm 43 now, so you call me middle-aged? 
Let me let me pull <laughs> some of sure. let me pull some of the chin hairs out of here. Like you, you, you do have it, but you don't have any hair. <laughs> Go figure. Is that natural, or do you shave your head? No, no. It, it, gods uh, are very cruel individuals, Mike, and uh, <laughs> the gods said, "Let's make him bald, chubby, and blind." Oh yeah. And just for well, kicks, can, yeah, he'll be well. born in Cuba, ninety miles away from freedom. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, he's going to have to swim his yeah, chubby ass. Lined up and shot, right? Yeah, the, yeah no, my, my uncle died uh, in a place called the Muro in Cuba a long time ago, This when the revolution happened. Uh, but think about that. The gods were together when they were, and they were like, bald, blind, chubby, and in Cuba. That's perfect. He's going to have to swim 90 miles just to get to America. You you look a little bit like Buddha, you know that? Shut up! I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's funny. Uh, shout out to my friend Jamie, who actually is nicknamed Buddha since uh, oh, high school. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Uh, well, I've known him since high school, and uh, they call him the Lord Buddha. So, and this guy, he's a trooper. He has one working lung, and he doesn't smoke cigarettes, but you know he enjoys the green. If you know what I mean. And uh, that lung, man, is, it still pumps like iron. We call him Iron Lung back in the day. Yeah, well. You know, I uh, I had a little bit of polio when I was in the uh, fourth and fifth grade. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, Dr. Salk uh, had a, a, a helper. His name was... Can't remember his name right now, but he lived in Winslow. Okay. As long as it wasn't Fauci, you'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I uh, got got the uh, shot. Okay. Uh, there was a series of shots, and uh, they gave them to me in my right arm. Okay. And it didn't work for a long time. It just. Would you get like up here, like in the? Uh... Like near the shoulder? Well, they're given to me like back here, and I and I still have yeah. uh, hits where those were, were. Okay. Yeah. They're like there's like three of them, right in here, and uh, my arm just didn't work for a long time. Wow. And, uh, it, it, it was stiff. Okay, and then after the stiffness kind of left me, it 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 just just didn't work it just hung there right and that that lasted a long time and uh it i bet of, yeah it, it affected my my right leg as well and uh did it become like a circular uh, circulation issue i don't know it just it just my my arm didn't work like say first of all it just became so stiff i couldn't bend it i couldn't couldn't right and then later on, it just became limp. And then finally, you know, after several weeks, I guess, it finally got to where I could use it, you know. And then, of course, I became a boxer. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a great uh, segue. I couldn't use my arms, and then I'm going to start boxing. <laughs> I, I knocked a guy out right-handed one time. Yeah. Now, did you uh, actually, like, punch normally, or did you just come around, like, uh, kind of swung and, like... Oh, it's more like... More like uh, it's more like a, you know, you bring it all all the way from the tip tips of your 
feet, your toes, you know, bring it right up and just knock them out. <laughs> I know you've I've told never, me I've never you lost a fight. You've told me stories, yeah. You've told me stories about your your illustrious uh, career in, in fighting. <laughs> it was all basically amateur. You, uh, what are you like? One in one and uh, in zero street or? Fighting, <laughs> the street fighting was not with gloves, of course. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh man, I I did some damage in the street. Uh, never lost a fight in my life. You know, it, with my size, they try to get me into uh, boxing because I used to do martial arts as as a kid for like in nine years. I did martial arts. And, uh, you know, for a while they wanted to get me into boxing. And I stepped into the ring and it was against a bigger guy. And he hit me two times, Mike, really hard in the face. And then I said, okay, boxing is not for me. Can I go back to martial arts? Because <laughs> I know the rules there, man. Like this straight punching, you know, like, yeah. you know, like unless I get, you know, karate chop, you know, it's not working for me. Uh, and this guy, he was, it was, no, not in, not in the boxing ring. And this guy, I was, I'm like six foot tall now. Back then I was like five, eight, five, nine. And this guy was like six, one, Mike. And he was like looking down at me like, you puny Cuban. And I was like, please don't hurt me. And, uh, sure enough, he just, boom, boom, just two punches. And I looked in my corner and I was like, Okay, I quit boxing. Uh, just two punches. That's you know about all that could take. Uh, that's all it takes, yeah. yeah, no, thanks. We're not gonna do boxing. That's not the sport for me. And then I, I, I got know. I got hit one time when I was boxing. Only just once. one time. Yeah. What, were you, were, guy, you, were you shadow boxing? Or like how was that? How does that work? The guy, <laughs> the guy out. The guy knocked my mouthpiece out. You know, but I didn't. I didn't fall down. Okay, he just knocked my mouthpiece out. So. uh got my mouthpiece i guess the referee got my mouthpiece and i put it back in and then i kicked the guy's ass <laughs> <laughs> so how come you never went professional like i mean you could have like maybe taken on mike tyson oh, or something well. could have been mike tyson versus well, mike I, rogers i didn't have problems like muhammad ali you know <laughs> <laughs> those kind of problems with your head or like that no uh -uh. well yeah but just think about this it could have been mike tyson versus mike rogers <laughs> yeah, in fact, whenever I go to find my page, you know, sometimes I have it set up where I can just click right on it. But sometimes uh, things get messed up, and I have to actually find it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, right under is Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It would have been. Now, if you're talking about the fight of the century, that would have been right there. That's the thriller in Manila for real. Well, he would he would have creamed me without any problem whatsoever. We we call it the thriller in vanilla. <laughs> the, the Oreo the Oreo cookie fight. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get punched and they're gonna find out they're soft in the middle. He, he would be the chocolate cookie on the outside. He would just cream me. <laughs> you but you'll be interviewed afterwards. You know, you'll be like, I finally lost the fight, and uh, it was the Iron Mike, and I wasn't on the Iron one that evening. Is well, too it's hard. Basically, basically <laughs> I say I've never lost a fight in the ring or in the street. That's true, but it's just luck. In fact, the last fight I had didn't last very long. It was out here in the parking lot, okay? And uh, this Mexican guy came up to me, and he said, I don't know, it was like six weeks ago, and he started 
babbling mm. some stuff. I knew what he was talking about, but I could tell he was he was high on something, drunk, I guess. And he pushed me. He was one of the good hombres that, that was allowed to the border. And, uh, when that happened, I just decked him and knocked him down. And he got up and he shook his head and he looked at me and he, he just walked away. I don't even know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't say something like, no mama's way, porque me dice tan duro. He, he was talking really fast and saying, you know, calling me names, you know, in Spanish. You know. <laughs> 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 I'm a puta and a judido. There you go. <laughs> and he, I was finally just looking at him, you know, and he, and he pushed me, you know, just right on the chest like that with one of his hand, and that's all it took. Oh, man. That poor, I'm sure he went home and he was like, some gringo kicked my ass, but he has no idea who that gringo was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing of it is, I, I walk with a with a long cane, actually. Yeah. It's here, but you can't see it because this background is all messed up, right? It's not the background. Anyway, anyway it's a... I have a cane. <laughs> I have when I when I walk with it, it's right here, you know, on top of. I, I hold my hand on top, right? It's a, actually a cane. It's a, it's like bamboo, okay? So it's very light. <laughs> it works pretty good. And I've had a long time. It's what I use. And uh, uh, so when I this guy was messing with me in the parking lot out here, <laughs> I I, uh, I had the cane in my right hand. I put it in this right here, you know. And so when he when he pushed me. You know, I just kind of used my cane right there, you know, popped him, <laughs> knocked him down. And again, he went home and he had no idea who knocked him the hell out. <laughs> no, probably not. Well, I didn't knock him out. I knocked him down, but I didn't knock him out. One day, you know, the, the guy's going to be looking at a Fire in the Sky movie and he's going to be like, I'm telling you, that guy's playing the part of the guy who kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna kick his ass for the guy who he's playing who kicked my ass because he's gonna he's gonna get the ass whooping that I couldn't <laughs> give that guy. I'm gonna find where this Robert Patrick works and lives at because you know he's I don't think Robert Patrick's making movies right now. Is he still acting? I haven't seen anything new from him. Oh well, you know Travis has been talking about this remake. He's never told me any details, and then this guy we were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. He said, in a, in a show that I saw him on, he said that he's the one that was going to produce this remake. And I thought, what the hell, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, I, Travis has been telling me about the remake since, uh, you know, for yeah, a decade I've now. Said, I've said to him in person and in text both, I've said, well, you ought to call it pie in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they should just call it the, the Walton experience or the Travis Walton experience, or you know. Uh, well, for, they've already got the Travis documentary, Travis. Yeah. You know, documentary that uh, Jennifer Stein put that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first version I wasn't in, <laughs> and Jennifer told me personally it's because Travis didn't want you there. When did they shot that? That was what in the nineties when they shot that, or. Well, the, that was uh, that was five uh, a little over five years ago. No, Actually, the, they started before that. I'm, okay. You know, because because we did the 40th anniversary, okay, and they called it a, put on by Jennifer Stein. That's a that. that's a different one because they had done one prior to that that I remember seeing years ago, which was like bootleggish, but it oh, yeah. but it got the story right though. Yeah. 
Well, um, anyway, that was this, that was five years ago, basically. Okay. Uh huh. The anniversary, and uh, during that, I was invited to that by Jennifer Stein, and that was because my sister Dana had told me about it. Travis never said a word to me about it. And uh, she connected me with Jennifer Stein, and from there went went, and then I was included in in the in the last rem in the second remake, okay, uh, of the Travis movie or Travis documentary. Uh, Travis never did invite me to any of that, you know. It was Jennifer Stein, so. I don't know what's going on with Travis concerning that stuff because he's he's. In fact, I only have one one incident that shows me that because I was spoke here about a year and a half ago at a MUFON meeting up in Lakeside or I think it was in what, what they call Wagon Wheel, mm -hmm. and uh, I had I was into it, you know, like 15 minutes into it, Travis come barging in the door and he was all sweaty and he says. I couldn't find the place. And then he proceeded, and I looked at uh, David Loomis, you know, who put the thing on. And I thought, what the heck? You know, he looked at me like, I don't know, you know. Travis walked right over and sat down right next to where, you know, there was like a pulpit there, and I was talking, and he, he sat right, ne right down next to me. And then he proceeded as though everything was normal. Well, I'm sure you don't want to make a scene, you know, in front of everybody. I mean, you got to look at the logistics of where you guys are at. Well, also, I, you know? I didn't, I didn't want to make a scene in front of mm. anybody. But what that proved to me was that he didn't want me in his limelight. Well, I, he wasn't invited to that. David Loomis told me he was not invited to that. Oh, really? Uh, he's not a member of MUFON, and and uh, yeah, she, he he doesn't even know how she how he got there. Hmm. But but he was he was certainly interested. Travis was interested enough to be there. And make sure he was in on it, even though he wasn't invited, and I didn't know anything about it. Now, Travis did also his own um, conventions. He did a few of them. Did he invite you to any of those? No. You weren't at any of those either, right? No. Like I said, the last time was in, in uh, 2000, 2001, right in there when we were over in on the West Coast, and, uh, and he got mad at me because uh, I wasn't there to pick him up. You know, being this girl, weren't there to pick him up. Well, I mean, again, it sounds like a lot of back and forth, like brotherly squabbling. You know, like, oh, well, you know, it, it, I, I tell you, it's not me squabbling. You know, I mean, no, I know, I know. It, it's just stuff that you know, it it happens and it lingers. And what I think, you know, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I think in many ways. You guys need to have like just like a heart to heart sit down and just you know just oh, I put everything that. put everything on the table and just you know. I would think that that he would include me with things mm -hmm. on that basis, and I was included in this uh, travel channel thing. Okay. That's good. Well, small steps, man. Small steps. He can include me. It happened because I intercepted uh, an email between the producer of that show. And Jennifer Stein, and and in that email it said, uh, we want to avoid uh, involving uh, Mike Rogers. That's not good. 
That's yeah. That's. And I don't know where that where they got that idea, but I can just imagine it came from Travis. Could it be a monetary reason? I mean, was he paid for that event, some kind of money, and maybe he thought they would pay him less yeah, if they well, got you on board? Uh, Travis and I both have an agent, same right. same guy. Uh, well, I mean, what does the agency have about that kind of stuff? Because I mean, it, uh, um, you guys should clear all that. I would assume, yeah. since you guys shared an experience, yeah. you guys would clear events and and coordinate that stuff a little bit better, so nobody gets you know hurt or anything. I got paid a fair amount from it, and I'm, I'm still yet to be paid uh, for the illustrations and for a video that I provided them with. But uh, we'll see what happens. Well. <laughs> but that's that's the first thing I've been included in. Yeah. It had anything to do with money for oh. Shoot. I do hope that if they do uh, a, if they do a remake of the movie, uh, that you are included in the fin- you know finances of uh, you know the pay uh, payout uh, because they're gonna have to use your name and and it that goes without saying you know I mean they can't just now just change the name and say oh yeah this is a more accurate story so you know you're you're part of like the legend. Well, you know. In my opinion, there's there's been a, a very accurate and good. Uh, it was actually a more uh, more of a drama than a documentary, and it was uh, that uh, sci-fi channel series called Paranormal Witness. Yeah, that's a good one. The yeah. episode is called The Abduction. Yeah. And that is very well acted, yep. and it's very accurate. Yep. And I can't imagine anything being better than that. I yep. mean, that is. Far and beyond what the movie was, it didn't yep. have an all-star cast, but it, as far as accurate is concerned, it's just about as accurate as you could get. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was very well put yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, that movie, I, I think, was a hit job. I mean, they wanted to do something to, you know, get, you know, people interested in the subject, but at the same time, I think there's players involved that don't have any interest in getting truth out there. They just want to, like, make money off of it and... You know, Travis always, I think this case in particular has always had people that just want to debunk it really badly uh, because not only are they going to make a name for themselves, but it also puts another, you know, tarnish in what, you know, we're trying to research in this field uh, collectively. Uh, And that's, again, you know, they do that to the cases that I think they have the most meat on the bone. You know, the ones that are more legit, I think that's where they go and attack those. You don't see them attacking, like, uh, you know, like, the third phase of the moon on YouTube or something like that. You know, like, some of these, you know, idiots who post videos that are clear hoaxes. Uh, they don't attack them. They attack Travis, yourself. That's why, I, I like, I hate that you guys are going at each other because you're facing opposition from the outside, like RG and the, the girl down under... Yeah. I mean, you, you guys are facing your opposition as it is. So for you guys to also be button heads over stuff that happened, you know, years ago is kind of ugly to begin with. That's why I'm like, I really hope you guys work, you know, whatever it is out. And, and, well, it would be nice. Yeah, yeah it would. It would I will be. say this. I have eliminated anything about these people that I don't want to talk about off my page. Anything and everything. Literally. Yeah, that's the best you could do. And... Honestly, I wouldn't even answer their emails that they try to get a hold of you. Because, I mean, all they're doing now is just trying to find other things to, like, 
pin on you, you know, like right here on my phone, which you can't see because the background's yeah. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy tried calling me just about an hour before the show came on. I believe you. I believe you. And I, and I looked at the phone and I could see who it was, so I didn't answer it. Mike, I've had 22 calls try to come in on Skype asking to jump in, and I'm afraid to take mm -hmm. any one of them. Because yeah. I know what's going to happen, so I've ignored every uh, incoming like message saying, we have a call, we have a because I have like three Skypes open, and I know you yeah. can see right now there's two of them, there's the Real Angel Espino, there's the, the, the PSN TV, I know you see like multiple accounts here, right? There's another laptop that takes the, the initial calls to come in, and I screened that from there, and... I'm telling you, like, I don't even want to look at the messages I'm getting because I know there's probably <laughs> going to be some people in there that are some of these individuals. Yeah. And this is something I talked to, uh, rest in peace to Art and Art Bell and to uh, George Rodriguez before they passed. And I and I literally, like, broke it down and I, I said, listen, I want to know because I already got this from George uh, Rodriguez and I asked Art and I, and I told him, please tell me why is it that you guys don't pay attention to chat rooms or you don't even want to have anything to do with chat rooms or anything of that nature. They both gave me the same answer, and they didn't know each other. And there, there's, and the answer was because a true radio personality doesn't give a crap about what people are saying in the chat room. It destroys what you're doing on the air. And yeah. we're in the business of selling audio or video. And if you're doing, and George was really cool about this because George used to tell me that if you're doing audio and video. You could do Hangouts, which now is getting real popular on YouTube. And, yeah, you could do, you know, Q&A with audiences, and that's cool and stuff. But if you have a guest on, make it about the guest. And Art was really, really into that. Now, of course, you had the luxury of having, you know, Keith Rowland and other producers that, you know, facilitated the phone calls a lot easier for him so that he could have a, an individual screener and, cut people out like you know the ones that are probably trying to get in tonight uh you know unfortunately it has to do anything through typing so sometimes people see me do stuff like this and they're like what is he doing and i'm like this is the computer that controls <laughs> the people trying you to call know, in you don't have a screener <laughs> no i am my own screener see on, on this side i have one laptop on the front i have another laptop and then i have a desktop on this side so i have three things going on all at once uh, and that's the network. And, uh, you know, I don't have that Art Bell luxury that he had or the George Rodriguez luxury. But I understand what they, you know, what they mean behind that because there's so much ugliness in the world. And people always try to come in and, and just throw, like, ugliness around. And, again, that's why I think I would love to see you guys just mend fences and, you know, don't even mention these other people that are just throwing shade your way. You know, we've had our differences you know, and um, I don't know what to say about it. You know, um, we've been friends, and then we're not friends, and then we're friends, and we're not friends. You know, yeah, that's been back and forth at least a dozen times. You know, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy, but that's how friends and, and brothers act. You know, you have fights, yeah. you get, you know, you make up and. Yeah. Then one day somebody says, your hair's better than mine, and you're like, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, you know, my brother Charles was here yesterday and visited me for a while, and that was cool. 
Uh, he lives down in Mexico in a place called La Baron. Down there they say La Baron. La Baron, yeah. 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 But uh, La Baron, and uh, he lives there. Uh, in fact, that's where he came from. That's where he's going back to. And uh, I, think he, I think he visited my sister Joy while he was here. I think that's the only one I visited. Oh, wow. Yeah, me and my sister Joy. And, uh, and the day he showed up, I think, was my uh, sister Dana's. No, uh, he showed up. He was going to show up that, the night of my sister Dana's birthday, but uh, he ended up the next day, which was yesterday. So. Hmm. You know. Well, at least he's uh, alive and well. <laughs> yeah, he is alive and well. Taller than me, you know. In fact, he's uh, a little bit, I think he's like a quarter of an inch taller than my son Heston. That's in the tall kid, right? It's yeah. about six, almost right at six foot, six foot and a half, something like that. Yeah, he's six a, foot one half inch. He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah, big tall, big tall yeah. dude. I yeah. he's another one to look down at him and be like, "You puny Cuban." <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to be uh, uh, five, five ten and a half. Okay, I think I'm about five nine now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's like uh, we reverse once we start getting older. Like, you know, you're born a yeah. baby, then you grow, then you start getting older, and you start shrinking. You're like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> At least I still got my hair. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It The the worst part is we all end up back in diapers. And... <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> You know, my, my grandfather, Rogers, lived to be 98 and starved himself to death. Wow. You know, put, put this real in a nutshell here. He starved himself to death because he thought he had lived too long and he wanted to meet his maker. And he didn't die from starvation. He actually was shot at, stabbed. They mutilated his corpse. Uh, they cut <laughs> off a, a couple of limbs off. They put him down a stretcher and stretched him across the highway and he still wouldn't die. What? I have a I have a fourth generation picture of him, my my dad named Lyle, uh, Wilford was my grandfather Wilford Rogers, Lyle Rogers is his son he had three sons okay but uh, then uh, that's then horrible they, though starving yourself to death and then, oh. then my son Mikey and that were all together in a fourth generation picture. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I put that's that cool. on my page as well. That's neat, yeah. yeah. You know, all jokes aside, that's horrible. Uh, they, you know, starve themselves to, to death. Uh, I, you know, I, I tend to kid about that stuff because when my uncle's actually uh, committed suicide on my mom's side, uh, he burned himself alive. Ooh. Yeah, and he, like... That would be a bad way to go. You, you ain't kidding. It was a hot time in uh, Cuba that night. Uh, he did it because his wife left him, and uh, she was his wife for like six, seven years. She had two kids together, and he got depressed uh, a couple of nights after she left, and uh, he set himself on fire. And my mother was one that found him as he was still alive on fire, and she saw the whole process. You know, that she couldn't do anything. You know, in Cuba, imagine you're a kid. And, you walk to the backyard and you see your brother lit on fire, just like telling you stay away, stay away. And you see, you know, like she was freaked out. She told me the story before she passed, and she said that was the like the one thing that she wanted in life, not to die in a fire, because she saw the way her brother passed away and it was agonizing pain. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, never a, a fun experience seeing that. 
and starving yourself, but at 98? Well, I don't think he... Uh, what was the point? I mean, I would have just, like, you know, kicked it for a little bit longer. <laughs> I, I heard that he died in his sleep. That's a good way to go. I mean, at least it's peaceful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then uh, my grandmother, uh, Rogers, which was actually Eager, her, her maiden name was Eager, and her father started the town of uh, Eager, Arizona. Oh, cool. <laughs> anyway. I, I did not know that. Historic, historical thing there. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she died a few months later, uh, but she fell on the ice and hit her head, hit the back of her head on the on the concrete. Oh wow! And she, this she is passed? Just all of what I've heard. I wasn't there for any of that, you know. But right, right, right. And she yeah. pa she passed from the uh, fall. Yeah. Oh wow! She had complications of fall. She died because of because of the concussion. <laughs> yeah, I mean back then, I oh, mean yeah, she was she was ninety four, I believe ninety four ninety five. Mm. Yeah, slip and fall that age could be mortal. My grandmother Howard yeah. lived to ninety three, I believe. And my grandfather, Howard, died at 63 or 64 of a strangulated hernia. Wow. Actually, a, a blood clot that, uh, uh, in fact, uh, my, a couple of my aunts said that they were with him and he died and he was sitting up in bed and then he just suddenly Stop. was gone. Yeah. And the doctor said it was a, a blood clot from the strangulated hernia situation. Wow. This show just got really dark really quick. Yeah. A lot of a lot. <laughs> Wow, that's that's Well, I I I felt what it was like to be dead. Uh I didn't see any tunnel or, or anything like that. No no light at the end of the uh, tunnel, but, nothing. Uh, I had a hernia operation in Payson, Arizona. And it was in the in the late afternoon uh -huh. and uh, I remember going under anesthesia. And I woke up, and I thought it was the next morning. No kidding. My dad was there. My dad was there, okay? Lyle. <laughs> Lyle Rogers. And um, I says, how did you find, how, why, how did you get here so quick? He's, I says, you know, when did you find out? He says, well, we found out yesterday. I says, what's going on here? He says, this isn't the next morning. This is two mornings later. <laughs> yeah, for you, it was just like instant, <laughs> right? Know, like, the thing <laughs> it is, I don't, I don't have any memory of that yeah. time. So now I know what it's like to be dead. Yeah. Well, you never had... It's, 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 it's nothingness, absolutely yeah. nothingness. You don't think, you don't feel, it's just nothing. Well, haven't you had that experience when you go to sleep sometimes and you're like, ah, it's one in the morning, I'm never going to get to sleep. And then you pass out and then you wake up and you're like, damn it, I didn't get any sleep. And you look at the clock and it's been like eight <laughs> hours. And you're like, I just, I got into bed like two minutes ago. What do you mean eight hours? Like, what the I hell had just a happened? of experiences like that. One of them was when I was hauling wood, you know, in a van down to Phoenix. And late at night, I come up the hill and up, it's like the, what the, the Mount Ord divide, I guess you call it, your peak over there. Uh huh. And I stopped there because there's a, a big hump of gravel there. And I would put myself up there and I'd go to sleep. Okay, so I did. And I, I felt, I thought I was woke up 
and I drove off. I pulled out and went down that hill, you know. But but the trouble of it is, the brakes didn't work. The engine was running, the brakes didn't work, and then the lights went out. Same truck? For the light. I was oh. for, yeah, yeah, I'm struggling for the lights and everything, and I finally pull the lights on, I'm still up top of the hill looking at that gravel pile. Mike, they might have taken you too, and you don't even know. <laughs> Somewhere there's some grays, and they're like, we probed them. He has no idea. <laughs> this other experience happened when we were camping with one of those kids, and we were up at Holly Lake, you know, in Arizona. And uh, uh, anyway, we got there in, in the afternoon, and then it got dark and everything, and so everybody went to bed, right? <laughs> in the tent, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> Several tents. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. Anyway, we... Uh, we yeah, it wasn't like an orgy in a tent, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> no. anyway, so we all got in the tent we, together we, naked. We went, no, I went, <laughs> I went to bed in the tent. I had my own tent. I went to bed in the tent and and, and all, had a nice sleep. And the next morning I woke up and, you know, the sun was shining and everything. And I thought, oh, and so I got up and I start, started to fix some breakfast. And, and the, the sun went down. <laughs> you slept through the entire day. <laughs> no. It got very cloudy and everything, so I thought it was night, and 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 I thought the sun went down, but it didn't. It was just hidden behind the clouds, you know. Oh, because it's gonna rain. And, it's, uh, and it was just in the afternoon. I, I went to bed, and I apparently went to sleep for a while. And when I woke up, I thought it was the next morning, but it wasn't. It was the same day, and then the sun went down. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't taking drugs back then? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like eight or nine, nine years old at the time. They might have slipped you something that's like knock the kid out, <laughs> so we can have some real fun. <laughs> We're in the woods. He'll never know what's going on. Yeah. He'll be on a podcast yeah. thirty-five, forty-five years later, and he's gonna talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> what a podcast, pot! Don't worry about it. He'll be on one, and he's gonna talk all about this. It's gonna you know, drive people crazy. AJRA didn't have video, or at least they didn't, wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> well, you see, not every chubby person that owns a network is, uh, you know, able to pull this off like I am on video. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd have stayed with KGRA, but, uh, you know, Race Hobbs one day, I mean, he took over, you know, it was Bill Forte, right? And he did oh, yeah, Hobbs, yeah. You know, even though he's pedophile, all yeah. that stuff, you know. He did a very good job of reducing... Pedal Bill. Pedophile. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, okay, one day, you know, out of clear blue, uh, Race Hobbs took over producing, right? Mm-hmm. And in a five-week period, he only produced two shows. Two of those shows that he didn't produce, okay, I was sitting right here at this same place, you know, well, not exactly the same place. Well, <laughs> the background was, wasn't as uh, as Art Deco-ish. He didn't show up, and his excuse was that his sister or somebody died. You know, you know, two or three weeks worth of mourning. I don't get that. Okay, and so one day I said to him, I says, "Look, Race, I says, this isn't going to work. Just producing a show now and then. You know, I do a weekly show." I says, you know, I says, when my mother died, I was at the work the very next day. 
So what's 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 going on here? And you know what he said? He said, "Fuck you, Mike," and that's that was it right there. I don't know what to say about that because I mean, there's a death involved, so it's sensitive as it is. I remember when my mom passed, and it's a difference, mother and sister, you know, two different things. Uh, but I didn't do a show for like at least three months. I mean, I I quit my own shows for three months, and I yeah. just I took a break for a while. But it was, uh, you know, a big loss. I mean, I still feel it now, and we're talking about 2016, 2021, and not a day goes by that you know I don't think about my mother. Um, so I can understand race. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how close he was to his sister, so I don't want to like you know get too much yeah, into that. Yeah. But I mean, I understand that there's a, a level of professionalism also when you're doing a production for somebody. Even though I didn't do my show for three or four months, I still and you know had to produce for other people being on the network. And within 48 hours of her passing, I went back to producing for other people. Um, you know, even though I wasn't personally on the air on my own show, right. um, you know, I understand that other people are dependent on, on my prediction for them. Um, so I, you know, I understand both ends of what's going on there. Uh, but that should not have been his, uh, reaction back to you. I mean, you guys should have been able to work that out. That's really uh, not professional. I didn't call him any know. names. I just was questioning him. Why, you know, why? Why aren't you producing my shows, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's weird because I know they, they had a good um, staff at one point on KGR when it comes to the production. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could have set something up with another producer. Yeah, Race actually did my intro, you know? I know, I know. And, no, he's a very talented dude. I mean, I've seen his work. I mean, when it comes right. to... Yeah, they're very talented. Um, you know, and, and I don't like talking... Uh, you know, about other networks, uh, good or bad, because, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. You know, we're trying to plug ourselves here in a non-sexual way, Mike. Relax. Uh, we're not with uh, PSN and SoFlow, but, uh, you know, I give credit what credit is due, and I've seen some of the, the stuff that uh, Race does, and, you know, i got uh, nothing, you know, that I've seen that is, uh, you know, not well put together. Uh, and that goes for a lot of, uh, in, you know, shows online and stuff. Uh, I don't know what his initial problem with me is, personally, but I have ideas, and I don't want to, like, you know, you know, get into that because it's old and it's you know, the history. Truth but... is, when, when I told him that I wanted you on my show... Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't he too happy. He didn't want to do it. He didn't <laughs> want to do it. And I said, I said, well, you know, come on. Whatever the problem is, I want Angel Espino on my show. And he finally said, okay, fine. But he didn't want to do it at first. I know. Uh, I, I heard. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because, I, like, even when that show happened, I had uh, nothing, you know, incident or anything pop up between me and him. Like, I never said, hey, man, what's your beef with me, son? Like, you know, it never got ugly, you know, like, <laughs> you know. People like I don't know like it sometimes Mike and this goes back to like what we were saying earlier about the texting how you can't always tell what somebody means when they text them. I think also when people talk behind people's back, that's right. Like I I enjoy you know doing stuff on air sometimes. I just air stuff out, uh, so people know I'm not talking behind their back or anything. Uh, but sometimes when people do talk behind people's back and tell you know other people things that are not true about them. They believe it so much because of the individual that's giving them that information. They start actually hating that person, and I think that's what happened with race. I mean, because I really had you know more than 
I've had maybe three communications verbally with, with race. Uh, one was when he produced that show, and two other times was when we started Skywatchers Radio on Art Bell's network on Dark Matter Digital uh, back in 2013, 14, when we started doing the, uh, the, before Art ever got on air, by the way. We started, you know, helping Keith, you know, with the uh, the scheduling. And uh, we, when we were about to debut, we had an issue, and Race was on, on the call uh, when that happened. But other than that, I mean, and that wasn't even an issue with me and him. So I have no idea what his personal beef is with me. But I have theories as to who it came from and why those issues are, are there. As far as uh, the pedal bill, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, never forgive or forget because he initially uh, sodomized the young boy and there's no getting around that, you know, like, there's only so much I would overlook when it comes to somebody's, you know, past, and, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes, you know, people do all kinds, yeah. all kinds of stupid stuff, like we were talking about drug use earlier, that stuff, you know, when you're young, you're dumb, you, you know, you do stupid stuff, but when you're involved in sodomizing an underage boy, that's a wrap, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to, you know, you as a credible person. You know, just live your life well, in obscurity know, from that point on. That he, he produced my show and he did a really good job. I heard, that's I heard, it. yeah, <laughs> I, I heard not only from you, but that's why uh, Race wanted to keep him on board because he was like the one guy who was always there and stuff. So yeah. and that's why I'm surprised that Race couldn't get somebody else to produce for you. But again, I wasn't involved. It's not my network. <laughs> I don't know if maybe Race had something well, against you or, anymore, you know, so, yeah. You know, Bygones, 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 yeah, yeah. Bygones, yeah. And like I said, I don't even have at this point uh, any issues to even bring up on Bill because he's not on my network, so it doesn't bother me. Whatever he does, he does. That's his business. Yeah. As long as no kids are getting hurt, that's the only thing that you know that matters to me. Now, if it ever becomes, you know, public that he's you know doing something to another kid, you know, and I get news of that, I'm gonna tell that to the audience because I think yeah. people should hear that and people should know who they're investing their time and money in uh, when they do evil deeds like that uh, so he better stay clean if you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but you know let's you know forget about the, you know that other network it's like the RG guy the less you know we mentioned the past and these other individuals the better I think so yeah. uh, RG well, yeah that's what I want to see with you and, and Travis and, and this whole thing too, man. I, I want to like just see this go away because it's ugly, and we're in a position right now where we're you know we're getting a soft disclosure from the Pentagon. I think we're just being you know led around like a yo-yo. They're not really going to tell us anything, and I would hate to lose this case, and you know and have this go down the toilet as uh, something somebody like went out of their way to debunk. Uh, you know, even if it's a true case, uh, this guy is out there, you know, like talking all this nonsense and this crap. So we don't need that. And then have you and Travis also going at each other. You know, it just doesn't look right. You know what I mean? And uh, especially you guys are, are two awesome human beings, man. You know, it's like it's like when you're watching pro wrestling and the good guys are going against each other instead of going against the heels. And the bad guys, and you're like, why is the macho man Randy Savage, which would be you, by the way, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which would be, why are they going at each other? 
You know, like, you know, like, why is that happening? And then I'll be somewhere, I'll be like me, Gene Orkeland, somewhere going, I do not know. They're just going at each other for no reason. You know, tell us. And you'll be like, step into a Slim Jim. And then all hell will break loose. I don't want to see the hell breaking loose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. You know? I just I just want to be happy, and I, I am happy, and uh, my girlfriend left me. <laughs> That's all that matters, brother. That, you know. <laughs> And you know, and I, and I figured out, you know, you know, what happiness really is. It's having no expectations. Yep, yep. I was talking to my friend Pedro about that recently, and uh, you know, I told him, you know, life for me has sucked for a long time, and at this point, I have no clear expectations of the future. I just, yeah, I kind of go with whatever happens, happens. You know, uh, I just try to keep my nose clean, you know, and. And uh, try to live a righteous life. I'm agnostic, which can tell, you know, people like, they're like, really? I thought you were a diehard Christian. You're a Trump supporter, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you can be agnostic and still support Trump. Duh. You know, I'm Latino and I support Trump. Duh. People are like, don't you know he wants to deport you? And I'm like, I really don't think he's going after Cubans. Relax. (laughs) But he hates all immigrants. Yeah, that's why he married all immigrants. Relax. You know his wife? She's an immigrant. <laughs> yeah. Stupidity. Well, when, when somebody says yeah. somebody, something bad about the bad guy, they got to say something bad about him. They got to make it up, whatever. Yeah. That's you know. what the skeptics have done with me and Travis. They just literally make up crap. I mean, Phil Class did it. Yeah. And from there on to present, I mean... Um, RG is just the latest for class in in a lot of ways. Oh, this, this a a low budget for class. <laughs> this guy made up about Gentry Tower is just so absurd. Tell us about and that. We know exactly yeah. where the UFO site is. Travis right. Does and, and all six of us and and the Forest Service and you know Sheriff Gillespie and all those people. We know exactly where it was. Okay, it's documented. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't even see Gentry Tower from the site. Not even if you're standing on the ridge. And at the time, it was covered with trees. Now there's been a fire. And, and even if you stand on the ridge right now and look west where the tower is, you can't see it. So his claim is that that was the... This crap is, yeah. That's and the UFO. <laughs> and his Australian helper, okay, are saying, that's exactly it. It's documented. I mean, that's what happened. God. Oh. Shit. You know... Ridiculous. It, it, this reminds me of the the Randleson Forest case. You you ever heard about that that incident? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, there's a a light tower near where this incident happened, and I've seen the documents. I've researched the the background on the, where this tower is located. There's no way that was the source of the light that these people saw in Randleson Forest, but yet the debunkers, or as my uh, old friend Stan Freeman, rest in peace, used to say. The nasty debunkers. They would lead you to believe that, you know, these individuals that worked that forest over and over again couldn't tell the difference between that and UFOs. <laughs> and it goes, yeah. you know, it goes even back to the Jesse Marcel stuff and, and Roswell. Like, a guy who works for the government with aircrafts, the highest, most advanced government aircrafts, can't tell an aircraft from a weather balloon. Yeah. And uh, this guy, <laughs> I don't want to miss his name, 
taking pictures of, of uh, Gentry Tower at night. He says, look, that's what they saw. First of all, what we saw was not that high up in the air, for one thing. <laughs> the other thing is Gentry Tower, lighted at night, is square. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like what we actually saw. Yeah, it doesn't even fit the. It doesn't even fit the description and from the book. It doesn't move, and it doesn't abduct people, and it doesn't uh, zoom off. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> no. Away, you know? Not only that, the, this has been documented for like decades. So, oh, yeah. and it's not. It, it, it looks nothing like what you guys said. So, I mean, the Gentry Tower. Oh, yeah. Uh, just absurd. I mean, people just make things up. You know what? Get a name for themselves. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yep. Gain a name for themselves. What you guys should do, Mike, is next time somebody comes up with some BS like that, say, you know what, you're right. There was also some swamp gas from Uranus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just, swamp you know, gas. because that, that's the old, like, gag in, you, in the oh, UFO field. Gas. It's all swamp gas from this planet or that planet. Really? How did it hit Earth, that swamp gas? Was it by Yoda's powers from Star Wars? How did that happen? Because I don't remember Stormcast like imagery coming to Earth anytime. Oh, yeah, you know, Paul Lightning. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you see the Aurora Borealis, Paul Lightning? There's you know different stuff that we could clearly uh, address to maybe in the past yeah. why people had some you know weird experiences. Aurora Borealis. Yeah, I, you actually seen seen that a couple of times. And it's a, it's beautiful when you see it in person, right? Well, uh, I've always seen it from Arizona, you know, a high spot. Right. But uh, I've seen some incredible things in my life. Oh, man. And some of those things are explainable, like the Phoenix Lights. Yep. We're yep. not extraterrestrial, damn it. Uh, We've had that conversation. Yeah. Phoenix Lights, and yeah, we've gone through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still, I, I believe that was uh, our own military aircrafts, personally. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was ET. I think that two events, the Phoenix Lights. Right. Well, you saw the the second one. It was when you saw it, right? Do I remember no, I the first one? The first. Right. Yeah. No, the second one was one with the pitcher, uh, Kurt Schilling, was one who uh, witnessed that second one. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, I saw the the second event, but. From a, from a far distance, okay? I was in North Phoenix, and I saw that. But uh, because after, after experiencing the first event, I took off in my truck, and I drove as fast as I could. I almost caught up to it, but not quite. But I pulled over there by Anthem, Arizona, okay, on a hill, and I, I watched this object fly basically over over south end of South Mountain, okay? And it disappeared. And then later on, these flares, it looked like flares. But I, but I was far away from it, you know, so I didn't see much. Anyway, so, so you think there were flares? That's... Well, they, according to several people, they were yeah. flares. And, and, and looking at everything, you know, I, I've, I've documented the Phoenix lights yeah. coming and going. I even found some people in uh, Boulder City, Nevada, who mm -hmm. saw it, which is different from the people in Henderson. Right. And uh, 
and we won't get into that because it's just a lot of strange stuff that people don't want to even hear. You know. <laughs> what do you think Arizona and Phoenix and uh, you know Snowflake and all these areas have had all this activity in the decades, the last forty uh, years? Probably uh, the Phoenix Lights and the Walton thing. You know, is, is two of the two of the most famous things that right. happen in Arizona, and they both happen in Central Arizona. And I, and of course, witnessed both of them. <laughs> and there's one other thing that happened to me and Travis, uh, not my workers, just Travis. And I was in a Dodge Charger, a couple of years old at the time, but because I bought it new, okay, Dodge Charger. And I still had it in 1970. Okay? Oh, wow. Vintage. 66 Dodge Charger. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lime green. Okay. Nice. I sold cars for a long time, Mike, so I know oh, what I this looks like. This is a beauty. Yeah, I got got pictures of it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice car. Anyway, that particular night, we were out of heading down to Snowflake. And, uh, and I said, it was actually September 23rd of 1970. We were headed down the valley to go to a movie, to go to eat, and to go to the last day of Big Surf, you know, Big Surf. And... Uh, <laughs> We were heading out of Snowflake. Make a long story short, I thought it was a street light because it was it, kind of the color of a street light, but it was at a distance, but about the size of a street light would would appear right there. Okay, as and then it very quickly knows it's not a street light because the street light would have went behind. This stayed a Ford. Okay, and and it took I don't know 15 minutes, 12 minutes, something to get to where we could see it because. We drove like eight miles out of Snowflake, and we got over a slight ridge, not a big ridge, a slight ridge. We could see this sphere up, you know, like this, and it was orangish on the side, outside and, and purplish towards the middle. Uh, and then right there, when we come over that ridge, it shone a light down like from a point on the bottom of it, okay? And it, and it shone down on the ground, and it lit up an area probably the size of two or three football fields, okay? And it wow. lit that area up bright than, brighter than day. And uh, it, it was, did this for a while, just a few seconds, and then the light went out, and this thing went back up in the clouds, which quite a while was creating these clouds, Went up into the clouds, and the state the clouds stayed orange and like that. We went on past, uh, and and uh, at one point we stopped and looked at the clouds, but nothing was happening. So we drove on down to Phoenix. <laughs> you guys in, in, the, in the back seat in the back of the in the back? Uh -huh. My brother Charles, my wife Katie at the time, uh, my sister Joy. And uh, Dan, my sister Dana. So it was another big group. I was going to ask you, did you guys have any uh, missing, you know, time or anything like that? No. No? Ah, no. So, well, if we're led to believe that these uh, aliens might be interdimensional, they might have taken you, had you for 50 hours, and then dropped you right back off where you they, they picked oh, you well. up, so, you know. I doubt that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you didn't. You didn't uh, have any moment where like you didn't. You you didn't know what was going on, and you like blacked out for like a minute, right? No, nothing like that. No. That's interesting. Uh, just uh, just uh, you could call it a sighting, but you could also call it a close experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. at one point we were very close. Um, and 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 uh, there were two other guys that worked for me, used to work for me before that time, who saw it from kind of the other side. Mm. They described it the same way. And there's also, and I have a tape still right here in my safe, okay? It's right over here in the corner. <laughs> I'll see if we cannot, it's so safe Ruth, we can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Hunt, okay? He was a bus driver at the time. And when Travis and I went to the first convention we'd ever gone to in Tonopah, Arizona. Hold on, did you say his name was Wuhan? Rue, Rue, R-U-E. Oh, I was going to say, did he have, uh, I was going to say, was he Chinese? (laughs) Wuhan. (laughs) Anyway, I still have a tape of of Rue Hunt because he spoke at that convention in Tonopah. Okay. And it was recorded. And I have a tape of that. <laughs> a videotape. <laughs> talked about it. And I was amazed. Man, I just, I just like my, my sister on that show, <laughs> tell the truth when Travis Plunk that tested it, you know, her mouth dropped open <laughs> like that. When I heard Rue Hunt there speak, oh my gosh, I thought, holy cow. He was driving that bus that we passed right there because he had pulled off to the side of the road. He had a mini bus, you know, and he said he said he had eight football players with him. None of them want to talk about it. I can imagine. But but he, of course, uh, remembered it. And and he was there at Tonopah and spoke about it. Brave man. (laughs) So altogether, there's six of us, these two guys that... uh, Came for her later. Barry Scott was one of the one of the guy's names. <laughs> Barry Scott, okay. Yeah. So you know that's uh, Rue Hunt. That's nine altogether. Six of us. <laughs> These two guys. I think that's seventeen altogether. Wow! Now that's a, a mass hallucination of everyone. <laughs> if somebody was to say that, del- everybody's delusional. The, the, the descriptions are almost identical. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Rue Hunt said, and it left the vapor trail. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, that's kind of odd because I just saw it go back up into the clouds. Now I can tell that it was creating the clouds. And, of course, Rue Hunt was slightly different position than us. We were moving. Right. That would make was, a difference, yeah. We are going down the road in the Dodge Charger. He was in this bus or standing by this bus or in the bus he was the bus driver mm-hmm. so he had a real good view through the west you know but yeah but the angle is different so the description is very very similar yeah yeah I, I, I'm telling you there's something going on and I don't think it's so much ET based as it is you know that people are seeing out there is our test flying our our test lights for a lot of the uh, black budget projects that we have in the in this country and uh, people are like, yeah, they, if they're going to test fly some stuff, they're going to make it so nobody sees it. Not necessarily. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, they think that they, they could play, uh, you know, us like dummies. But there are people that actually uh, either accidentally or now with all the technology are, like, actually looking for this stuff. Uh, so that's, you know, making it harder for the government to keep the secret. 
Uh, somebody was, you know, telling me, oh, man, have you seen the Pentagon footage? It's so cool the Pentagon's putting this stuff out there, and they're talking about this angel, and you should be so happy about this after all these years. And I'm like, I saw most of these videos four years ago. They're not telling me anything new. You know, like, none of this is new footage that we're seeing here. You know, like, when are they going to start actually giving us some proper information of what they have? You know, the Werner Van Braun stuff, the stuff they've kept classified, uh, our own aircraft, the, you know, the, the energy sources these things are using. That's what they need to start talking about, but it's all show and tell. It's all one big orchestrated act. And uh, I think a lot of the, the folks that are seeing these aircrafts in Arizona are seeing a lot of that stuff, and a lot and a lot of that in the U.S., and that's part of the big secrecy, I think, what's going on. While there's been actual incidents, I think the actual cases of actual uh, UFOs from other worlds are slim to very few because of the technology that they possess. Compared to the technology that we possess, which is flawed because we're starting to learn how to use it. So you would have crashes, you would have multiple sightings because there's mistakes. We're humans. We don't make anything perfect right up the 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 the, the uh, right out of the gate. You know, it takes sometimes decades to perfect it, and then you get it. You know, the yeah, internet I wasn't around for. Think, uh, UFOs crash though. I, well, I don't. I don't think you come all the way across space through yeah. dimension or whatever at, at multiples of the speed of light, or you're jumping across dimensions or whatever, and then come to Earth and crash. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. I don't think that happens. I, I think, think happen. no. I don't think naturally that they would crash. I think it has to be something like really well orchestrated, where you knew the technology, and you knew how to take them down. But I don't think by themselves, I think there's no way possible they could crash on their own. Um, they has to have some kind of incident that happens. Well, no, they, there's a possibility because, say, for example, if they did find one here, right, for whatever reason, one in a million that they, they found, or it was given to them by another ET source, which that's another rumor. But let's say we did have some other technology, we would have knowledge in some way of how to bring them down which is possible highly improbable but it is possible so we you know it's one of those gray areas where you know we deal with where you know some people say well radar brings them down okay prove it if you say stuff like that where's the radar is bringing them down if that was the case there will be hundreds of crashes all over the country you know, there were, you know, we would see them. It would not just be one in 47 and a few here and there. You would literally, like, you know, anybody with a radar could just point it to the sky and start bringing suckers down, right? So whoever is spreading that, I mean, let's be honest, that's just not going to fly in my neck of the woods. Uh, but people, you know, they, they come up with all kind of ideas and stories and stuff. But I think you're right. I think on their own. There's no way they're going to come down. Not if they're traveling from either interdimensionally or another planet. So you have that kind of technology. It's like people, they're like, oh, but, you know, they have all these lights and stuff. And I'm like, that's another thing. UFOs might have a light source. But I doubt they're going to have, like, all kind of colorful, like, lights all over the place, like headlights and stuff. If you can travel in the, in the vastness of space, what do you need headlights for? <laughs> Yeah.
Well, you I know? did see one up at the north rim of the Grand Canyon that seemed to have a, a shield around it. In fact, kind of a double shield. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was a sphere. Yeah. Which was approximately 160 to 100 feet in diameter. And out away from it, like 300 feet away from it, it had a like a... Like a, it's like a bubble like around it? Or? Yeah, it was, it was like a... You could barely see it. You could barely see it. In fact, you couldn't see this see the thing is you could see a something created in the air you know right it was like a distortion in the air and then out away from that way out uh, there was another one that was lighter but uh, it was still there do you think that's that might be some of the sources for the orbs that people see mike because i mean a lot of people uh, you know they oh yeah. yeah when it comes to orbs i actually witnessed one in southern england oh no kidding yeah. tell us about that well, I, I've, I've done uh, paintings of it, uh, illustrations. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I was actually, I went to England several different times in the season, okay? Okay. Uh, 96, uh, I mean, 93, 96, and 97. And in 97, and I was, I was, I was there watching what they call the circle makers, you know, axe steeples. Right. They would do it at night. Yeah, the crop circles. And, uh, yeah. and, and one day I decided, well, I came up with a pattern. I was going to try my hand at it, you know. So I went and laid it out during the daytime, the way they showed me, you know, and I, I had the equipment to do it. But when I, w I went under this fence, and it was late at night, like 1 o'clock in the morning, to actually lay this thing out to, to the pattern that I had set the day before, right? <laughs> and I went under this fence. It's kind of like a, a strange fence, but anyway, it wasn't, wasn't barbed wire, okay? <laughs> Wooden. And I went, up, went under this fence to, uh, to do this, and I, I saw this thing, you know, it was a, a thing. It was like a bright light, and it was just bouncing around, right? Well, I had it in my pocket, okay, uh, uh, you call it extra UV, just very, very strong UV, and, and I put it on, and what he illustrated is what I, is what I saw. Now, the illustration isn't moving. Right, you know? right. I thought about animating it, but I've never done that, but uh, I don't know if you have a picture of that. No, uh, but, no. Okay. But I, I, I can get it later and put it into the video, it's not a problem. Yeah. Anyway, it was a sphere, and it was somewhere between 10 and 14 feet in diameter. Oh, wow. Right? And it was green. The one I saw was green, and it had a work. Uh, the inside of it was spinning, mm. okay? But but the top had these, these things, you know? Uh, and and it, it, took, it took it like a minute, about a minute, to make an entire huge pattern in a, in a field. Wow. And, 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 then, and then it was just... It was gone. You know, I saw a video of two spheres doing a, a crop circle, and uh, this was in England also. Uh, old video. It looked like it was probably shot in the early 2000s or mid-90s. You know, it was really, really grainy and old. But it looked, I mean, as authentic as you could imagine. Uh, I've seen both, you know, sides of the argument. Some people say that it's all hoax. Some people say it's all real. Um, you know, I'm still iffy on the whole crop circle phenomenon. But the orbs, 
is interesting to me because it reminds me of the movie um, Explorers, where these kids come up with a, a little uh, aircraft and they put like a, a shield around it, and that shield is like an electric magnetic shield that allows them to like levitate and travel with the speed of light and all kinds of stuff. And I, after seeing that movie as a kid, I always thought, you know, especially once I got into the subject, I was like, why hasn't science figured out how to really do that? Because that would make perfect sense. Because if you're looking at a way to travel at, you know, that kind of speed, this will take care of the object inside. It, it's a perfect uh, insulator for anything like, uh, you know, radiation or anything that hits it, you know, it'll be a perfect, uh, you know, thing to be able to facilitate the craft. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, my goodness, it's a movie. This is, and they hit on something which is really interesting. Our physics does not allow for that kind of technology. But in the movie, it looks fantastic. And then I started seeing crop circles, and I saw that one video, and I was like, you know, you really have to start thinking outside the box because a lot of, you know, us get in this mentality where we think our physics is the only, you know, thing in the universe. And we're now discovering that, and actually I saw a video on this earlier, where they're saying that galaxies are traveling faster at some point than the speed of light. Now, as far as physics is concerned, that's impossible, Mike. Nothing is supposed to be able to go faster than the speed of light. But now NASA has even observed it where they're observing galaxies that are traveling away from ours faster than light. If galaxies can move that fast, you know, that means physics can break down and you can do so much other things that we're just not thinking about. So I think back and I'm like, you know, every thought that we've ever had, and, you know, we talked about this earlier when you try to patent something, somebody already had been working on something similar. Every thought we've had, somebody's had something similar they thought about. So if we're talking about not only Earth, but now we're talking about intelligent races all over the universe, somebody's nailed that technology somewhere. Yeah. So. Well, when you think about it, speed is only relative to another object. Right. Well, that's true, yeah. But that, but that's the reality. What we, of course, in science, uh, like to say is, well, yeah, but physics breaks down when you start talking about traveling faster than light. But then they want to sell you on wormhole technology, which will get you from point A to point B, like that, faster than light. So, like, you can't have your milk and cookies and brownies and then say, well, it's not possible to make milk and cookies and brownies, you know, become a reality. But then you're eating the milk, cookies, and brownies. So don't give me that, you know, you know, science, because that's yeah. not a shtick either. Uh, either one, you have one or the others. Like, people who, who want to say, oh, we're all about getting disclosure out. But then when they're in a position to do it, they don't do it. You know, it's the same thing. Well, you know, you know how fast light is? <clears throat> you know Very how fast. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you had 23 Earths side by side, light would flash past all of those those Earths in less than a second. Yeah. No, just imagine. Actually, I got into this philosophical uh, with somebody. If we're looking back at light that left a star system, say, a million years ago, Five million years ago, ten million, a billion years ago, whatever. Because you know we see light that travels towards us, right? And we're still traveling away from this light. 
And our planet and our solar system is constantly in flux and moving, right? It's not in one direction. It's, you know, tumbling in space and moving around and we're all going in circles and stuff. What are the odds that sometimes we're looking back at light that is our own, just in a different point in space? But it's reflecting light that left a billion years ago from our own galaxy. And it's our galaxy a million years ago. <laughs> yeah. Ponder well, that for a minute. There's so much possible <laughs> out there. You know, can't. I mean, speculation is. Uh... <laughs> Tell me that's not a mind oh, twister, wow. though, if you think about it. We could be in a completely empty void of space, and everything we're seeing is just our galaxy, you know, reflecting from all the times it's spun around all over the place. Oh, yeah. Well, you can blow your mind with, with that. I mean, oh, gosh. That's a mind twister, isn't it? Yeah, sure <laughs> and I'm getting sleepy, Angel. You know that? I know. It's it, it's getting later, but I see you yawning and stuff. You know, we got started late. and uh, It's 10.46 right now here in Arizona. See, <laughs> you're lucky. It's 1.46 here in the morning. But I stayed up for you, man, because I want to get your side of the story. I just thought I'd tell you, I'm getting kind of sleepy. I, I see that. About 10. <laughs> I know. I see that. You're yawning, and, and I'm like, that's yeah. rude. <laughs> well, I can't help it. You're yawning inside the jackal's head, man. What are you trying to say? Is it a lonely I place in here? Right here you know? <laughs> nah, look, we're actually about to cut here in a, in a couple minutes because uh, I do have uh, other things to do, like uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah, you know? like me too. Yeah. Uh, I but see the sun come up in the morning. You know? Well, you have a lot more hours to get sleep than I do before that happens but i will say this you know let's uh you know let's cut to the cheese here again and just completely uh you know denounce debunk yeah let's just cut the cheese out of rg because he's full of cheese and it's a uh, swiss cheese full of holes so you know let's not mention the name but the initials rg is uh somebody that we should not at all have believed and uh you know, people that are watching, that are listening, don't believe his hype. Okay, you know, uh, if you have any questions, Mike is very open about you know talking about this. And uh, this guy says that I uh, that I confess to a hoax. No way in hell. And I'll leave it at that. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I think everybody wants to hear that, and we want to hear that you and Travis are like working problems out because we love you guys, man. Well, it would it would be good, yes, it would. It would be good for everybody involved. With that said, I know you want to go to bed, Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> yeah. I, I need my beauty sleep. Yes, uh, you, you still need to have like the the, the uh, girls go over the hair and make sure it looks nice yeah. and ready for bed. I understand. I would, I would like to get eight hours of sleep a night. Uh, very seldom ever happens, actually. And every once in a while, I'll go to sleep, and I'll wake up 12 hours later. <laughs> yeah. That's happened yeah, to me before. <laughs> yeah. You know, when nobody bothers me, there's nothing happening, you know. It'll just 12 hours, something like that. Some Once, I think it was like 16 hours, you know. <laughs> non-stop wow wake up to go to the bathroom or anything you know yeah, yeah. uh so you know i couldn't I, yeah i couldn't leave there 16 hours <laughs> get what it needs one way or another put it that way 
Well, you're not as bad as I am when it comes to being a night owl, but I know you stay up at night sometimes and uh, you stay oh, a little late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you on but Facebook. I, I normally <laughs> wake up at 5 o'clock every morning. That, that's almost for certain. Yeah. yeah. I, may, I may, may, may go back to bed after that, but 5 o'clock is pretty much for certain. Sometimes I'll even get up at 3.30, 4, you know. <laughs> that's, you know, old school. We don't do that. Our, our younger guys uh, and gals don't do that. We, we try to get up a little later, and when we see the clock, we're like, oh, wait another 10 minutes. But I noticed, uh, you know, you know, folks around your age, my mom was the same way, my dad the same way, like 5, 6 in the morning, bam, awake and ready to go. Yeah. And, and one, your line of work in the past, uh, being a logger, you had to be out there, like, really early. Right. So yeah. you get used to that kind of life. I am not that person. I cannot get up at five in the morning. I'm used to going to bed at five in the morning. So <laughs> it's that's a different yeah. story, though. But uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm gonna let you go to bed now, Mike, and uh, we'll okay. do this again soon. Or we'll have you back on the show, God willing and health uh, willing for both of us, because we're both kind of like dealing with bad issues right now. Uh, so stay in good health. Uh, we will be yep. we'll be talking again on Facebook like we always do. Uh, and uh, we'll be laughing up a storm like we always do, and uh, hopefully uh, the the kung flu will go right by us, and uh, we'll still uh, be here in, in a oh, yeah. number Don't of years. Take that vaccine, whatever you do. No, man, I ain't getting the kill shot. I already killed my uncle. I ain't, I ain't doing it. No way, yeah, man. I'm, I'm advising everybody: do not take that vaccine. Don't allow it. And now I hear that even to get into California, which isn't that far away. Uh, you have to show proof that you've had the vaccine before they even let you in the state. Yeah, go figure. You know, we know now that Fauci's been lying. But hey, you know, I, I always say about those things, you know, let the truth play itself out. That's why I love being honest, because the truth is always better than fiction. And just let it play out. That's right. You know, you, you're going to see the players and, uh, drop. This gentry tower thing and the people around it you know, <laughs> will blow away in the wind. Yeah. Well, debunkers uh, and uh, stupid people come and go, man. It's the ones that stay uh, with actual like encounters like the one you guys had originally in 75. The fact that it's been this long and you guys have uh, you know had the test of time is a big deal. Uh, people like RG and uh, the girl down under, uh, nobody's going to know them in about two weeks. So, it don't matter, man. Yeah. You stay with well, your... It's not, not going to show up on my page anymore. I can guarantee you that. Block their their uh, communication with you. Just block them on Facebook. Well, I, yeah. I, uh, oh, uh, I did block that uh, Australian girl. There That's you go. That's the first time ever that I've done that. Well, like, uh, and and uh, her, her Gentry Tower guy is... Not blocked. I have never un unprinted anybody or blocked anybody ever, but I did block her because she just was persistent. I kept telling her, "Please get off my page. No, no more comments. I don't want anymore." And uh, finally, at one point, I'd had enough. Well, I, I say you should do the same to RG and uh, just move on and just be at peace, man. Forget about all that nonsense, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, they have nothing, and that's really all that matters, you know. And uh, as far as you and Travis, like I said, just uh, I want to see nothing but good stuff for the both of you. So uh, let's make, uh, you know, whatever else we have left of this year, 
a positive one for you guys. Well, um, good thought. Yeah. Good thought, Angel. We'll, we'll, send angel. Positive, we'll send positive vibes <laughs> for you. The angel on my shoulder. Some would say I'm the voice of unreason. Some would say I'm the voice of reason. We'll find out which is which. <laughs> but aren't you... You know a lot about politics, which I would just as soon uh, uh, forget, you know. But uh, I was very political right before the election. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Art Bell was very political also, uh, you know, rest in peace. And uh, he was very pro-Trump. And it's funny because a lot of his supporters are anti-Trump. And, you know, he would say it, and the backlash that he would get was incredible. And I'm like, these people are so deranged with their uh, Trump derangement syndrome that they're even attacking now Art Bell, a guy they've loved for 30 years. Hmm. Boggles the mind. People are, uh, like, just I so stupid. Was a great guy. Was, uh, we were on this show a couple of times, two or three times. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys, you, you rocked it. I know, Art Bell... Uh, I mean, I was never blessed to be on a show, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I remember listening to you guys on there. I, I, I was glued to the uh, to the airways with Art for a long time as a fan. So, legend, you know. I was yeah. actually scared to talk to the guy. Like I was well, like, the coach uh, is still on. Yeah, it's not but, the same uh, though. George Norrie, I've never been on his show. It's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not the same. I know. Yeah, it. Uh, what they what they've done with that network? Even Art didn't, uh, you know, like too much what happened with uh, Coast to Coast after you know he sold it. But it's like George Lucas, man. He sold Star Wars. There's not much you can cry about after the fact. Yeah. You know, stuff happens. Uh, but with that said, man, I know it's uh, getting late. I know you want to go to bed, so I'm gonna let you go now and go dream about Robert Pattinson playing you in the sequel of Fire in the Sky. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call this fire in the bedroom. Yeah, all right. Well, good night, Angel. You're the man, Mike. And, I uh, do have to hit the rack. I really do. No, I feel you, brother. So do I, believe me. But, uh, you know, you're the man. man. Just stay uh, healthy, stay kung flu free, and we shall do this again, my friend. Good Take night. care. Have a good night, brother. And there you go, folks. That is the one and only, the world famous, Mike Heston Rogers, and uh, right now he's going to uh, leave us for good, and so am I, and uh, peace. <laughs>